welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Ken Royal Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home, packed with VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Oppitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. There are no late fees, but unreturned tapes will be hunted down by one of those creepy little girls from Bioshock. She's an adult now and retired. Married to a nice man named Greg that runs a landscaping company, which will still crawl out of a vent and suck the atom out of you for not bringing your tapes back on time. This is Weird Kid Video. Old business? Birdie. <clears throat> no, I don't want to do this bit anymore. <laughs> okay. I do, I'm sick of this bit. Fuck this bit. It's coming. It's coming. It's not coming. It's, it's going to be coming. white hot. It's not a. It's just a running gag at this point. The birdie <laughs> eventually one day is going to rock up with old business. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to come in it's and over. spit hot fire. Okay. <laughs> Actual old business? No. No old business of any kind. I don't think so. Okay. Didn't you write something down last week? Did I? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Fucking hell. I did not write anything down last time. Oh, okay. New business. New business. New business? Yeah. If you fuckers go back and give me old business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm warning you. I might. <laughs> New business? Last chance. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> I'm watching you. This week, we're taking a lunchtime poll to make the most important decision a teenager can make. We are talking about Heather's from 1989. Heather Chandler. Heather McNamara, Heather Duke, Veronica Sawyer. Why are you such a mega brat? Because I can be. The most powerful clique at Westerberg. God, Veronica, drool much? Most people would die to get into it. Heather number one just looked right at me. I'm worshipped Westerberg, and I'm only a junior. Veronica would kill to get out of it. You were nothing before you met me. You're a Girl Scout cookie. JD has come to answer her prayers. I'm a no-arrest build-up man myself. Well, kill her. He's got a way with women. <laughs> a way with words. Is this as good for you as it is for me? Life can suck! And a very special way with a gun. Veronica can't live with him. Help! I love my dead gay son. And she can't live without him. Does this turn out weak or what? I had at least 70 more people at my funeral. What? Their meeting was destiny. That knife is filthy! What do you think I'm gonna do with it? Take out her tonsils? Their love has a body count. I loved you. It's coming up here to kill you. We're breaking up. Young love. Heather's a killer comedy. Wow. <laughs> thank you for Brody this, was by not the way. prepared. Oh, excellent. Yeah, thank you. You'll be very welcome. Mm. You're very welcome. There was it was a matter of some debate over the past few days what your reaction to the movie would be. I don't want you to get into it now. Okay. But there was many theories put forward. There were ups and downs. Let me just say that. And that's it. Okay, cool. Directed by Michael Lehman. This was his first movie. Ever. Yep. So before Good this, job. yeah, yeah, it's a bit, it's a big movie to come out of the gates with. Yeah, absolutely. He had made a short film at film school that got a little bit of attention called "The Beaver Gets a Boner." <laughs> oh, yep, a comedy, okay. comedy yeah. film. And then he had also made a short film that had aired on SNL. So, oh, cool. He generated some heat and got this movie. After this, he directed "Meet the Applegates," 
which is a yeah, like I've Aliens in Suburbia movie. Oh, okay. um, seen the cover, I should yeah, say. I've actually never seen it. I've seen, I know I've seen the trailer a lot of times. The notorious Bruce Willis vanity project, Hudson Hawk Airheads, which we saw the trailer for the other, oh, the yeah, other yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so yeah okay. And then a lot of generic bullshit for the next 25 years. <laughs> a lot of kind of uninteresting comedy movies. In, vein, in the vein of what? Like, give me one. Just more generic, g- generic comedies. So just comedies without as much wit or bite as this particular movie. Okay. Um, I didn't even write down titles. I haven't seen anything really past Airheads because okay. it's just not my jam. If, if, I'm, if somebody out there is like, you should definitely see this movie. That was a good movie. He made a good movie. Then tell me and I'll go look at it and then tell you you're wrong. But, <laughs> you know. I might tell you. He made a couple of movies. Yeah. He also directed a bunch of TV and a bunch of TV that uh, Kira and I quite enjoy. Oh, um, what's that? The West Wing. Hey. Directed episodes of The West Wing. Oh, shit. He directed episodes of Californication. Fantastic. Fuck. True Blood. Okay, yeah, I enjoyed me a bit of True Blood. I was a fan of the first season. Yeah. I didn't like it much after that. I didn't even really get through season two, but I quite enjoyed the first season. I have not seen a single episode. I tried to read those books. I, would have th- I thought it would have been your jam. I think it probably is. It does sound it like probably, the kind of thing that yeah, might be my jam, but it's just never... It. it just gets really silly. It just gets really... It buys into its own bullshit a little bit too much. Yeah. As it did in second season. In second season. And then from what I've read of stuff moving forward, even more, even more so. Uh-huh. Buying into its own bullshit is exactly what it did. Yeah. yeah. American Horror Story, which oh, I really like the this first. This guy's fucking got bangers. Yeah, he's got some good TV stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a good director. It's just that he didn't ever reach didn't evolve the, a little bit the in the film. Heights. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I You would have to ask him why he didn't kind mm. of go on to make. He also he had some pretty bad experiences. Like Hudson Hawk was a fucking nightmare movie. Um, oh, really? The production of that movie is notorious for Bruce Willis. When I say Bruce Willis' vanity project, I mean Bruce Willis was in fucking charge of that movie. Oh, and right. Bruce Willis was notoriously Bruce Willis-driven at that at that period of time. For, yeah, I've heard that mo- that name of that movie so much. I feel like it was in the zeitgeist for a while, and I just know nothing about it. It's one of those movies that was um, it was a massive movie, big A-lister comedy movie. It flopped really, really badly at the at the, at the box office. Was not a hit. But there are people who are devoted to it. Really? I mean, that's kind of true of any movie. But there are people yeah. who de- are super devoted to it and it has developed a cult following. And I just don't. It's just not my thing. Yeah, okay, fair. He also directed some Veronica Mars. Hey. Ah. Yeah, which Kira is. That is definitely your thing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Kira's yeah. a massive Veronica Mars fan. Love Veronica Mars. Written by Daniel Waters. Daniel Waters wrote this when he was 24, working in a video store. <laughs> Fuck. And Daniel Waters is awesome. Like, he's such a fun, caustic, <laughs> witty. He is this movie. This movie is his personality to a, to a T. Massive right? edgelord. <laughs> no, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to leave that right there. <laughs> After this, he was either the co-writer or the first writer of a bunch of movies that were then rewritten <laughs> that have also turned into cult movies. Uh, the Adventures of Ford Fairlane. No. no. Do you guys know that? It's Andrew Dice Clay. The comedian from the eighties. Okay, wrong audience, wrong crowd. Yeah, Andrew Clay. Yeah. Clay. Batman Returns. Hmm. It's hmm. the one with the uh, penguins with rockets. Oh, oh. it's my favorite Batman yes. movie. Sure, it is. It yes. legitimately is. They steal all the firstborn children in Gotham. It's great. Yeah. It's good. Fun. And penguins, the penguin, because he was dumped in a sewer like yeah. baby Moses. Yeah, 
and raised by sewer penguins. Yep. I have not yeah. seen this movie and it is, I think I might need to. So Tim Burton makes 1989 Batman, right? It's the biggest hit of the, of the summer. It's amazing. It's incredible. And then he follows it up with the most Tim Burton movie that you could possibly yeah. imagine because they cut him a check and said, do what you want. So he put rockets on penguins. Oh, okay. It's insane. We should definitely we should definitely watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone. Dope. And in the early 2000s, he became a director, but hasn't really directed anything interesting. So his last credit is from 2014 and is called Vampire Academy, which we have seen. I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. It's terrible. But it's also kind of fun. It's kind of Heather's at Vampire School. Yeah. If Vampire School was Hogwarts. <laughs> now I really want to see it. And it kind of makes fun of all those teens find out that they're secretly special books and movies. Like it's kind of a parody of Harry Potter and all of those, Percy Jackson and all of those. Amazing. Yeah. This sound. But it's not, it's not a it? good movie. <laughs> it's a bad movie. I'm oh. telling you, it's a terrible movie. But like, but it's kind of fun. Doesn't know what it is, at least. Oh, yeah, it absolutely okay, knows, knows what it is. Yeah. Mad. These days, he mostly spends his time riding buses around LA like a madman <laughs> to watch every single movie that plays in a theater in Los Angeles. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No joke. So he was recently on a podcast I love called The Movies That Made Me, hosted by Joe Dante, director of Gremlins and a bunch of other stuff, and uh, and a screenwriter named Josh Olsen. So he doesn't drive. He lives in LA. If a movie is only playing in one theater in LA and it takes him three buses, he just gets on three buses and goes and watches that movie. <laughs> Spends his whole day on buses to go see to go see a movie. Well, there you go. This yeah, guy living off his living off his royalties from Batman Returns. <laughs> what is this guy's life? Pretty good. Starring Winona Ryder as. Veronica Sawyer. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. Wow. So before this, she had been kind of making a name for herself as kind of pale weirdos, most famously in in Beetlejuice. Yeah. And the script was given to her on the set of Beetlejuice by the, by the screenwriter of Beetlejuice as a movie that she might be interested in. She offered to do the movie to the producers for a dollar. What? Wow. She wanted to be in this movie so bad. She wanted to be Veronica so bad. Yeah. Did she only get paid a dollar? Or no. She, okay. They paid her much more than that. That's well, good. not a lot more than that but because it's a low-budget movie in the 80s. But but she really she fought hard for this role. Initially, they were reluctant to cast her because they were worried she wasn't attractive enough. Wow. Which is what? like, what the fuck? Are you wow. Me? She's easily the most attractive person in this movie. I know, right? Easily. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's a toss-up between her and um, Green. Um, God. Scream? Um, what's... I think he thinks that somebody is not who they think that they No, are. is it not? Who do you think is from Scream? One of the Heathers. None of the Heathers are in Scream. No, no, no. Are you no, thinking no. of Shannon Doherty? I am thinking of Shannon Doherty. We'll get yeah. to Shannon Doherty. She's not in Scream, dude. Yeah, I know. I'm confusing her. Fuck, guys. I'm told you that's, I'm hungover. That's insulting. And then the director, or maybe one of the producers, I've forgotten the exact story, basically crossed paths with her in an elevator with her and her mother as they were like coming in or going out of a, of a building for a meeting and was like, oh, yeah, no, she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's gorgeous. It was because she had played kind of meek or, or pale widow. She mm. had not ever played. What was she in beautiful. before this? She was in Lucas. It's a, it's a Kieran. Have you, I don't think you've ever seen Lucas, but you know Lucas know, from Dawson's Creek. I know Lucas. Yeah, so Lucas is a it's a high school football movie. She'd been in that uh, Beetlejuice, as I mentioned, a um, couple couple of other things. But she played always like the meek teen girl, never the beautiful teen girl. 
Yeah, because she's a brunette. She was 15 when she made this movie. Shut the fuck up. What? She turned 16 during shooting. Whoa. She is a teenage girl. Other <laughs> girls are regular adult playing some teenager of the, Some kids, of them aren't. Right? Some of them are, some of them aren't. Yeah. How old's Shannon Doherty in this? How old's Christian Slater in this? Yeah. I'm going to answer all your questions and more on the Wicked Video Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, people. Fuck you. <laughs> you can't give us that piece of information and not expect us to then drill you on yeah, everybody I, else's I, ages. I expect to be drilled. I enjoy being drilled. Wait, what? <laughs> uh-huh. Phrasing. I'll get to it when we get to them. I will mention people's ages when we get to them. Okay. okay. Yeah. After this, well, goddamn, she's one a writer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> movies of hers that I love. Uh, Mermaids with Bob Hoskins and show Bram Stoker's Dracula directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, I forget about that every time. Reality Bites. Reality Bites. Fuck, that's a name I, I haven't like heard in a one. long time. Yeah, it's a great movie. That's oh, a good one. Fuck. Little Women, which is an adaptation of yep. Little Women that I quite yep. like. Uh, a Scanner Darkly. Oh, fuck, I love that movie. Yeah, that movie's great. People don't talk about that movie. Ugh. That movie falls outside the realm of our time frame, which is unfortunate because that would be a good movie to talk about. That movie both wrecked me and rebuilt me. Black Swan? Ah. Yeah. She, who is she in Black Swan? Yeah. She's the prima donna. She's the prima donna ballerina. She's the head ballerina that, N- that Natalie Portman takes over the role oh, of. Oh, right. Ah. Yeah. Okay. And, of course, Stranger Things. Hey. Yeah. We just watched the end of uh, season four yesterday, and holy shit, that was a good time. Yeah, I want to watch it, but at least not into it. Mm, just watch it without her. No, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I need You're to enjoy things with people. No, you can just enjoy things. Good things own. I need to watch with people. Okay. <laughs> so if people don't want to watch them, you don't get to see them at all? That's, I mean, that's yeah, a terrible I eventually way. will. But I also like have not seen really good movies just because people don't want to watch them with terrible me. terrible way to live. I know, but I just like enjoying it with people. I go to the movies by myself. I, I mean, going to the movies by yourself is a different experience. Because otherwise, if I waited for people, I would never experience the things <laughs> I want to experience. No comment, Kia. He wants to go to the movies at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> I want to go to the movies at any time of the day. Yeah, same. I fucking love going to the movies. It's the I best. I like going to the movies too. I just don't always want to see the same had, things. I had this conversation with, a, with a, a friend. I like going to the movies so much that I don't give a fuck if the chair is uncomfortable and I don't give a fuck if it's a shitty small screen and I don't give a fuck if there's Maltesers stuck to the screen. Mm. The experience of going and sitting in a cinema, I don't need to go and sit in luxury to enjoy a motion picture. I don't I, care. I feel the same. It's funny that you th- feel that way, but you also have to sit in the same seat yeah. at the time. <laughs> that's different. That's about that's about maximum close, enjoyment. Closeness to the screen. That's different. I feel the exact same, but I'm definitely like if I have the option, I'm gonna fucking have a nice seat and oh, get yeah. some Maltesers, yeah, but throw them on much the screen, like, apparently. Okay. <laughs> but, but, much, but much like Daniel Waters, right? Y- yes, absolutely. I would love it. Like I sit in a recliner, yeah. like a day bed, day bed's yeah. great. I love that stuff, but if the only way I can see a movie that I really want to see is to sit in an uncomfortable yeah. seat for two hours, I'll sit in an uncomfortable t- seat for two hours. Christian Slater as Jason J.D. Dean. Please tell me his age before I say anything. James Dean. <laughs> he was 19 when he made this movie. Oh, God, he's a fucking gorgeous man. <laughs> Holy he is. fuck, he's a gorgeous man. I am an unabashed Christian Slater fan. Dude. Especially his 80s and 90s output. Where, yeah, he's fantastic. Where yeah. is he these days? Well, his last thing was Mr. Robot. Oh, yeah. Fuck, he was good in that. And then recently, last year, he was in a limited miniseries called Dr. Death with Joshua Jackson oh, yeah, based he on the podcast. Yeah. And he was great in that. Yeah, I didn't watch that whole that. thing. Kira, Kira watched all of yeah, it. Yeah, he, it, 
he remained great in that. He remained, yeah. <laughs> the, the couple of episodes of that I saw, he was fantastic. But like, so I he's, like, he's, he's kind of like disappeared. A lot of substance abuse problems. Oh, really? And he ended up in movie jail and he made a lot of, he made, he never really stopped making movies. You just never saw them because they were not good movies. He made tons of director, direct to DVD or direct to streaming. He's still in director streaming, just streaming movies. But in the eighties and nineties, he was one of the hottest actors on on the planet. I love his Christian Slateriness. You know what I mean? He was coming off being in a movie called The Name of the Rose with Sean Connery. It's a Detective Monk movie where he's Sean Connery's psychic. It's fucking great. Say those words again to me. In the name of the rose, Sean Connery playing a Benedictine monk. Thank you. Solving crimes. Wow. He's basically playing- Solving crimes in an abbey. He's basically playing (laughs) Sherlock Holmes. That's Um, great. Kira watched half of it. Did I? (laughs) Did you? I love you. (laughs) You have no memory. We started watching that movie. You were like, oh, this is kind of good. It's a strange movie. So, I'm sure it is. Yeah, Sounds but it's, it's really good fun. Yeah, I didn't know I wanted those combined, but yeah, I fucking really do. The other Christian Slater movies Yankee and loved and still loves are Tucker, The Wizard, Pump Up the Volume, Young yeah. Guns Two, oh. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Ah, <laughs> oh. fucking fight me! I love that movie. Fucking what's his name? Will Scarlet. Oh yeah. my god, what a babe! Cuffs, uh, True Romance, Interview with the Vampire, mm. Bed of Roses. Broken Arrow, Hard Broken Rain, Arrow. Very Bad Things, and I already mentioned uh, Mr. Robot. Yeah. In television. He's been, yeah. Been so, so many movies that I that I love. Yeah, Young. He's and then he's also, he's also the star of Hollow Man 2. Um, <laughs> so there was a time where he was in the wilderness. Before, before Young Brody knew <laughs> what his predilections were, <laughs> Will Scarlet confused me. Oh. <laughs> okay. Good to know. I was like, I just really like this Will Scarlet guy. I don't know why. I just really like him. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Also of note, and he was never in the running. The internet says he was in the running. He was never in the running. But in pre-production, early pre-production, they did a table read of the script to hear it out loud. And a young quiet actor read JD's part for that table read. Do you want to take a guess? Johnny Depp. Kevin Bacon. Both pretty good guesses. John, Kevin Bacon's already a star at this point. Okay. In nine, he's already done like Footloose and whatever. I thought he was the same age. No, he's older. Oh, okay. Johnny Depp's a good guess, but it's 1989. Mm. It's, Johnny Depp is already on his way to Johnny Deppton. Mm. Brad Pitt. Yep, I could see that actually. Yeah, apparently he was not, they didn't never consider him for the role. The internet says they did, but he just read at a table read. You know, you just get actors together to read, yeah. read something out loud, and so, but he was the one that- I don't think he would have been right. I don't it. think he would have nah, been right. he Especially wouldn't early have. Brad Pitt. Early Brad Pitt is- Brad Pitt grew into the handsome, but was always a weirdo, and early Brad Pitt, he's a lot weirder. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. weird is fine. Fuck, but good. in a different in a it's a different vibe. Right. Everyone else in the movie, I will talk about as they appear in the context Can of their appearances. Do you start- like, just can you just give us the ages? No, just, I, I'll do it I, 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 okay. Uh, all right, trailers. So many trailers. Quite a few trailers. Yeah, this is really the era where home video was like, take it, just take everything that we've got. Don't you reckon? Are you just repeating what I said on the podcast last week about trailers? Oh no, I just guessed. I fully just guessed. I was just like, because it's jam packed yeah, on I both said that, ends. I said that last week. Oh. <laughs> It was actually a few episodes ago. Oh, was it? It's yeah, it's the memory. last episode that we were editing, not the last episode that we were Okay, good to know. <laughs> I don't know. What is time? Time is a flat circle. 
first off, we get a trailer for a movie so erotic they can't tell us the name of the movie. Mickey Rourke, Jacqueline Bissett, a new film so provocative, so erotic, so wild, that we can't show it to you. You'll have to see it for yourself. Ask for it now. Yeah, good, why does good that, marketing boy. They, they tell you to ask your video store for clerk. The, for the super erotic movie. For the super, yeah. yeah. like Starring Mickey Rourke. How, it's, it's, I don't understand the why they couldn't give you a title. Here's the thing. Did it not have a title? I knew the name of the movie. <laughs> what is it? It's Wild Orchard. That's why there's uh, Wild I feel Orchard like I've on heard there. of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, I know that movie. Um, <laughs> I don't understand why they couldn't put the name of the movie. Like, I okay, so you're not showing us the movie because you're trying to be like, oh, there, so it's ba- like so a t- it's like a thing. tease, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah but you can tease with still giving you the, the name, name of the movie. Yeah. so that you know what to ask for. It could have been. No one's going to go to their local video store clerk and go, "I want the really erotic movie." It could be because they couldn't advertise the name of the movie on this tape. What do you mean? If it's an R-rated movie, you can't advertise an R-rated movie on a tape that is not R-rated. Mm, but they clearly did. That's they're dodgy. They're still advertising it. Though. But they didn't say the name of the movie. So they're just advertising... The concept of a movie. Erotic movies with Mickey Rock. Also in front of a movie that is for teenagers. Yeah. It's a weird, weird choice. Also... It is a weird choice. Mickey Rock. He was hot as shit. No, is what? it? Is he it? was. Really? Go home... <laughs> Have some time. <laughs> Take 10 minutes. Take 10 minutes. Uh, Yahoo pictures of young Mickey Rock. Yahoo. <laughs> I love you. Almost 20 episodes in and you haven't noticed that he always says Yahoo it? <laughs> I've never noticed that. I'm trying to make a thing. I'm bringing it back. Okay. Yahoo it. All right. Ask Jeeves it. Yeah. Dogpile it. <laughs> Alta Vista it. Oh, fuck. You're getting too deep. Oh, oh no. I was on the internet long before you children. <laughs> Have you seen this movie? No, I've never seen it. So do you don't know whether it's as... The most erotic movie. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Dark Angel. Houston, Texas. It's Christmas. Someone special is coming to town. And it's not Santa Claus. A cop who does things his own way. What are you doing? Shortcut. Three well-armed men have their throats cut before they can even draw their weapons. Who could possibly move that fast? I'm coming, peace. I swear there's other things called Dark Angel. There's a TV show from the 90s. Is that the Jessica Alba one? Jessica Alba, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I mean... Is it the same thing and they've just swapped the lead? No. Okay, I was just checking. I don't know. No, this is uh, Dolph Lundgren as a renegade vice cop chasing drug dealers and then he stumbles onto an intergalactic drug cartel that harvests human endorphins to sell on other planets. It was an inter... I did not get that from the trailer. He's an alien. Oh, my God. an alien drug dealer. Who is the villain? I don't know. What? I come in peace. Now you go in pieces. Okay, then. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen this movie, but I want to. Yeah, yeah it, looks it, looks, it looks fun. It looks silly and it it's looks one like, of those high concept. Yeah. It's like, let's bolt. It's one of those high concept, let's bolt a different type of movie onto a, onto a cop movie. Yeah, yeah. And we've awesome. had fun with those. Yeah. They've been a good time. Wilt. My name is Henry Wilt, and I have a confession to make. Henry Wilt has a confession to make concerning his wife. Murder. It's the only logical solution. Something grisly would be good. That's him! That's the man I 
Walter on Friday night. He was stabbing a woman to death. That's what we call a positive identification, Mr. Wilt. Now he's helping the police with their inquiries. Make a break for it, Will, hey! And his slender alibi is about to bounce. <laughs> Which is not surprising, because she's made of rubber. I see you. Stupid comedy by the looks of it. Yeah, British uh, comedy about a man accused of murdering his wife. It looks wacky. There was a lot of sex doll humor. Yeah. I feel like it was all just a sex doll joke. That's the whole thing. I I did appreciate the line. It's like, I bet if we dig up all these graves, we'll find bodies in here. Yeah, I did like that. I appreciated that. Q&A. A A setup. Okay, calm down. We wait right here. Q and A. The first case is an assistant district attorney began with my phone call at 3.05 a.m. Tell us, uh, tell us in your own words, tell us what happened. I saw him reach. I saw a flash of metal. Guy was with me. I hit him in the head. So I go outside. And then a big guy who moves his badge. And he said, hey, nobody moves. You got a right to remain silent as long as you can stay on the pain. <laughs> Give me a Q&A on this. There's no statute of limitations on murder. Nick Nolte, Timothy Hunt, and Amand Asante. There was just a lot of cop films yeah. at the start of this tape. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty much all cop films. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Even though it said Nick Nolte, I still thought... See, Gary Busey. So different people. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a noir corrupt cop court drama by legendary producer Sidney Lament. Sidney Lament directed... One of my favorite movies of all time, Dog Day Afternoon, as well as, many, as well as many, many other great pieces of cinema. But again, I've never seen this movie, and I don't really have that much interest, even though I like Sydney Limit. Seems pretty generic. Blood Oath. Well, it's very simple, Captain. You use the conquered leaders effectively, and everything will fall into place. We're not going to sacrifice the Japanese leaders. We're going to use them. I'll bear that in mind, Major. When I'm prosecuting some fanatic who swore an oath to the Emperor to wipe us all off the face of the earth. When does war end? And murder begin when secrets hide behind a blood oath. Brian Brown, George Takai, Terry O'Quinn, Deborah Unger, with a special appearance by Jason Donovan. Get on it, Also known as Prisoners of the Sun, an Australian. Oh, Prisoners of the Sun. What is that? Rings. Was that an Australian title, Prisoners of the Sun? I don't know if that's the Australian title or not. Because uh, that rings more of a bell. This looks dry as fuck, though. Yeah, it's got our friend in it, though. It's got Brian Brown in it. Yeah, and our other friend, and Terry O'Quinn in it. Yeah, which one was he? Uh, Terry O'Quinn is John Locke in Lost. He's also uh, lots of other stuff. Deborah Unger and a very special appearance by Jason Donovan. <laughs> yeah, why is it special? <laughs> because he was a massive star. Oh, so it's like if you do this movie, yeah. we'll give you special give, billing. To, well, no, not really. It's just they're just trying to sell it. So what? Right. So Jason Do- Donovan probably needs some explanation for the international. Yeah, audience. I have no idea who that is. Well, he was Kylie Minogue's know. boyfriend on Neighbors. I don't know. You don't know who Jason Donovan a, is? Nah, he was a, like a pop star. He was a massive pop star. Are you in even the Australian 80s. man? <laughs> My secret has been found out. <laughs> this is also Russell Crowe's first movie. Oh, oh, was he in it? He's not in the trailer. I just found that out from, oh, from reading things on Yahoo. Miami Blues. <laughs> Love it. I've been doing that for like the entire time. I have I've not noticed, noticed, noticed at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not even just a podcast it's not thing. Even it's just a, a podcast thing. It's your friend off. thing. I've never noticed. It's just Yahoo. I've never noticed you say that at all. It's been a, it's been a good five years. <laughs> Holy fuck. Longer than that. Yeah, um, Miami Blues, Alec Baldwin, 
Jennifer Jason Lee and Fred Ward. He's got my old bag, Sanchez. He's running around playing cop, assaulting and beating people. Police! That's the gun, son. An anonymous, apparently off-duty police officer interrupted a robbery tonight, heroically confronting an armed robber with only bottles of spaghetti sauce. I used to rob people who robbed people. Kind of like Robin Hood? Yeah. Except I didn't give the money to the poor people. Well, the bellman also said the guy had a hook. Pretend cop. Pretend cop, yeah. yeah That's I what kinda, I'm calling it. I yeah. kind of love this, hey? Like, yeah. It's a cool concept. I It's been on my watch list for a long for a long time, and I've never got around to it. And now that I've actually seen a trailer for it, I might actually get, get to it. Yeah. yeah. Look like a fun time. Look like a kind of early Coen Brothers-style dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah, gave me a little bit of um, Raising Arizona vibes. Dancing in the Forest. There are some things between a man and a woman no one should know. He's clever than Mr. Hollywood. Maybe he knows the truth. On in his head. A powerful man. A passionate woman. You need a woman to show you love. Say so. A stranger who's in over his head. Meh. Yeah, I was confused. Yeah, another by this. erotic thriller with nobody of note in it. Was it? Was the trailer saying that he was like imagining a second guy? I don't know. I, I stopped paying attention. I blacked out. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then a trailer for home video. Hey, we got a great show coming your way today. Show business. <laughs> Only there's no business like it. No business I know. There's nothing wrong with you ready to move. Just lots of sex and violence. What is it, 60 minutes? I mean, I did some of my best work in that. I didn't want to cause a scene. I just do that for a little extra money. Stick with me, son. I'll make you a star. Me, baby. Home video. It speaks for itself. Stay tuned after this movie for more previews. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry. Home video. It speaks for itself. It's a good time. Take home a uh, home video tonight. You've already done that because you have the step. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I did too. <laughs> Which of you is going to recap the premise of Heathers? I know that you did it last time, but I feel like, again, you should probably do this. Yeah, one. you're the fresh watch. We've, oh. we've both seen Heathers lots of times. I was not prepared for this. Um, this is the tagline to my life. It is a romantic dunk comedy. About a uh, the a popular kid teaming up with an unpopular kid to kill all the popular people in school. I mean, I mean <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not good. Yeah, it wasn't great. I'm sorry. The blockbuster guide to movies and videos from the year 1998 has an entry for the film Heather's that reads. As such, high school humor at its darkest features Ryder as a popular girl who gets involved with the outcast Slater in a plot to dispose of the kids they don't like. Wicked satire, peppered with great dialogue, although it almost spins out of control near the end. Four stars. 
Four stars. That's high for them. Very high for the blockbuster yeah. guide. Yeah. And kind of pretty accurate. Jenna Maslin of the New York Times did review this movie. Yes! I thought she might because it's a bigger one. It's a bigger movie, yeah. So this is from her review from the from March 31st of 1989. As always, I have cut out all the recapping and just kept in the part that's actually about the movie. Heathers, a first feature directed by Michael Lehman, is as snappy and assured as it is mean-spirited. Its originality extends well beyond the limits of ordinary high school histrionics and into the realm of the genuinely, genuinely perverse. Heathers is legitimately startling. As one of the film characters puts it, the extreme always seems to make an impression. Mr. Lehman's spiky sensibility is evident in the film's jauntily sardonic style and in its cast clever and attractive young actors. Miss Ryder, in particular, manages to be both stunning and sympathetic as the watchful Veronica. Miss Walker makes the meanest Heather suitably monstrous and Mr. Slater is effectively insinuating in a role that needn't have been so narrow. Too often, JD's function is only to smirk at Veronica or egg her on. Mr. Water's screenplay has a devilish ear for the cliches of teenage conversation. That is real accurate. Fuck, yeah. Slater could have had more to do in this. At a certain point, he becomes a function of plot. Yeah. And that's fine. That has to happen. Yeah. This movie is really easy to find. There's a Blu-ray. It's been on every streaming channel. on fucking everything. I can't believe in, it. In Australia, it's streaming on two different platforms. I looked briefly, and in the US, it also looks like it's streaming on like half a dozen platforms. So yeah. it's out there. It, it's a popular movie. It seems like not a cult hit. Like this was a hit. It was a, no. It was a cult. It was a cult hit because it didn't do well at the movies and found an audience in home video. This is a, another Surprising. video video store find movie. Okay. And oh wait, is that why we're doing it on this video podcast? <laughs> You guys hate me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. This is an intervention. This entire podcast is an intervention. To our friendship. To our friendship. Yeah. But cool. its cult has grown over the years because people keep on discovering it. So people it has a mainstream appeal now. I think it has, I don't know if it has mainstream appeal, but it's definitely out there. Like people know about this, about this movie. The, that's one of the reasons that we were like, you've never even fucking heard of this movie. Yeah. We couldn't, be, we couldn't believe that you'd never heard of this movie because it's a movie that is around and yes, and gets referenced. Gets stuff. referenced. Yeah. And yes. As Kira mentioned, there was a, there's a musical that came out a couple of years ago and there was a reboot TV show. Yeah, I saw that while I was looking around on streaming things. Yeah, so there was controversy about it because it made bad choice. It made some pretty bad choices. Well, and I was it thinking- ended up getting held back. It, get, it got delayed. Yeah, and then it was basically dumped on streaming, like with no. It came out in Australia with no attention. We got it almost before anybody anywhere else in the world. Have you watched it? Uh, I've watched like the first three episodes, I think, and I actually don't think it was as bad as people say it was, mm. but it wasn't good. And I didn't really feel the urge to finish watching it. I feel like some of and the, it hits a lot of the same beats. Yeah. I feel like as Jenna Maslin said, the sardonic kind of attitude in this movie that coupled with the depictions of things that they get away with in this movie, I don't think would be very easy in a modern way. The twist for the TV show is that they made the Heathers queer kids Ah. and non-binary kids. That's a very interesting choice. It kind of shoots itself in the face because the problem with that is that the Heathers are the bad guys. Yeah. So they are positioning queer and non-binary people as the Heathers in the the TV show. That is a very interesting choice. Yeah. It just... 
not interesting because I'm like, oh, I would like to see what they did with that. Interesting because as in, like, like what the fuck yeah. were they because thinking? Because it was a fucking landmine. Yeah. And because yeah. they were still the, I think that thought process was probably that they were putting them as the popular kids as well. Yeah. yeah. I get, I get but then 100% I know yeah. how they got there. But then yeah. they all the wrong choice. I think they just didn't think it all the way through when they came up with their concepts. Yeah. yeah. Like they didn't realise what they were then going to have to do if they did that. Yeah. Yeah. So it just does not work. Yeah, I can imagine. So my backstory with this movie is kind of interesting and it's a little different than normal. Yeah. I'm going to admit on this podcast that I did not see this movie when I was a child or a teenager. Yeah. I was an adult when I saw Heathers for the first time. Oh. Really? Yeah. I skipped. I, I didn't know about Heathers. That's very unlikely. Heathers skipped through. I skipped through my entire teenage years without knowing about, about Heathers. You would have loved this movie. I know, right? I would have absolutely positively loved this movie. It would have become one of my favorite teen movies of all time. You, you can imagine a uh, 16-year-old kid running around saying, fuck me gently with a chainsaw, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've mentioned before that I worked at a blockbuster. Um, one weekend, my older cousin Carly. I love Carly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was staying with us. It was a Friday night. So we went to the store to rent some tapes and she picked Heathers, assuming that I had seen it and I had not seen Heathers. Did she then have the reaction that we had to Brody when he said he hadn't seen <laughs> Heathers? I think so, yeah. <laughs> and then it instantly became like one of my favourite movies of all time. So I think I was like 18 when I saw Heathers. So I was still in my teens. Mm. I just wasn't, you know, 15 or 16. Yeah. So how old were you when it came out? 1989. I was seven. Well, that would have been a highly inappropriate age. It might have been, yeah. <laughs> the fact that I didn't just discover it. Yeah, that is strange. Considering that I love Christian Slater. Yeah. And I love Winona Ryder. Yeah. How did I never see this movie? Yeah. I don't know. New World Pictures, the company that made this movie, was in the process of getting out of the film business as they were producing this movie. Wow. So they did not promote this movie. There was huh. no ads for this movie that in theatres which is why it was not a big hit in theatres. And over many, many years, it became a became a cult movie on, on home video. I love yeah. that. I love that there's still justice for good movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> Things tend to rise up. Yeah. Things also tend to disappear forever, which is, yeah. also, which is also unfortunate. Shall we talk our way through Heathers? Please. Sure. Okay, Sorrel, Sorrel, please. I sing this song to myself all the fucking time. Okay, that's weird. And um, I love that it opened with this. Yeah, it's it's kind of good fun. We get this kind of dreamlike opening under the credits. But the first shot that we see is kind of important. It's Chekhov's red scrunchie being put into a Heather's hair. Oh, it is too. Yeah. And then we get a shot of the three Heathers sitting in very manicured gardens, you know, looking pristine in their very bright primary colors. Yep, and very 80s. And then walking over a bed of roses, roses. and crushing them. Like so many teen lives that they have crushed. There was just <laughs> something about this era in films where it was like the beauty hiding these like unconventional, like terrible things. You know what I mean? Like these, there's so many characters at this time that just like, oh, they're beautiful, but they're also so different and so like I'm so educated and I'm so I'm so badass. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So we see kind of scenes of them playing croquet. Yes. I'm. The reason that I've held off asking him how he felt about the movie is because I want to know what the fuck you thought this movie was from the opening. Like, because the this opening is so dreamlike and a little surreal. All right, so I thought it was going to be more more like um, 
What's that movie with Lindsay Lohan where the blonde chick gets hit by the bus? Mean Girls. Mean Girls. I thought it was going to be a little bit more like that where at the end, at the end, the Heathers kind of had their comeuppance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the dreamlike quality of it, I think really helped with what I was saying. Some of the real heavy depictions that happen in this movie. It also just really brought everything together in a way that because it's so stylized and because it's so edgy, like it really, it really goes hard on like the edge a little bit. The dreamlike quality just brought it all together and made it kind of cohesive. Like co- uh, cohesive. Cohesive. Thank you. I fucking really loved the style of this movie. Okay, I was. That's why I was curious about whether or not you would bump on it because it is so heightened and stylized. Yeah, yeah. And you've but expressed- see, we've discussed this before. Stylized, I love. Right. It's when things feel. Fake. fake, yeah. It just feels fake. Yeah, but it feels it feels very, like I a mean, heightened reality. Way that, yeah, fake in a way where it's very heightened. Yeah, yeah. If if it feels fake within the reality of the movie, right. I think. I mean, yeah, that's a totally different thing. Yeah. So we get our first kind of dialogue and we get introduced to the Heathers. Heather number one in red. Heather Chandler played by Kim Walker. She was Christian Slayer's actual girlfriend. Oh, really? the making time of this movie was made. She's also in Say Anything, a couple of other things, nothing particularly mm. important. She has a small role in Say Anything. Um, and she passed away at age 32 Whoa. of a brain tumor, which makes a certain line later pretty ghoulish. Oh, shit. I'll mention it when we get yep. to it. And how old was she when she was making the movie? I didn't write down how old she was. I don't care about how old she <laughs> Kim Walker was. I don't think she was much older than 19 or 20. Right. Yeah. Um, Heather McNamara in yellow, played by Lizanne Falk. She's also in Say Anything. Hey. They're both in Say Anything. She's gorgeous, which I didn't really realize until like later in the movie. She's a very pretty girl. I think almost everybody in this movie is attractive. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think she retired from acting in 2002 and really didn't have uh, like a massive career. She was in stuff, but never, but never really. Did she have like a modeling career? Cause she looks like a model. Could have been. I didn't really, didn't really pay attention. And then Heather Duke in blue. Yeah, Shannon Doherty, not Nev Campbell. Yes, I do that all the time. Yeah, so she would, after this, go on to become a big star in Beverly Hills 90210 mm. with uh, Luke Perry and Jason Priestley and all those other very attractive children. Isn't it Shannon Doherty that's like in the the fake Scream movie in Scream? That's Drew Barrymore. Uh, no, Shannon Doherty. In the later no. films. No, it's Tori Spelling, who's also in 90210. Oh... You're right. Yes. Yeah. You confused me there for a second. Yeah. I had to like access a part of my brain that was locked away from you. Um, protected from me. Protected. And of course, later she was in Charmed. Yeah, she's amazing. Right. She was 15 when this movie was made. What? What? Yeah, she's 15 That's years old. That's wild, so man. both 15. Yeah. And notoriously already a massive fucking problem. Oh, really? And a pain. She has a reputation as being very difficult. That's why she got ki- kicked off Charmed, Charmed, hey. Right, yeah. It's why she left 90210. Ah. The, most of my information for this movie comes from the commentary track that is on the DVD and the Blu-ray with Michael Lehman, Dan Waters, and the producer, Denise DeNovi. And just hated on her. No. <laughs> they speak very nicely about her. But at a certain point, Dan Waters goes, oh, so it's going to be this type of commentary, is it? (laughs) They speak very much about her, how good her performance is. Yeah, okay. 
and not a lot about who she is as a person. Right. So what kind of problem was she? I don't know specifics. I just know that she's notorious for being a pain. Yeah. Right. I'm and charmed. that kind of like de- demanding prima donna type of way? I think so, yeah. I'm, I'm charmed. I'm pretty sure the... Well, she didn't get along with the other with the other actors. Yeah, what's her name? Um, Rose McGowan and and uh, I've forgotten the other. Not Rose McGowan. Uh, she replaced. Oh, her. Rose McGowan. You're yeah, right. Sorry, Rose um, McGowan. Alyssa Milano. Yeah, Milano. Yeah. That's the one. Um, yeah, apparently they absolutely hate each other, and they're yeah. like, "Well, we're keeping Alyssa Milano." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. By the way, she's already reading Moby Dick in this scene. She puts yeah. down her book. Yeah. And the scene ends with Heather Chandler hitting a correct hay ball at Veronica, whose head is sticking out of the ground. Yeah, that was. I that was like the most. Do you reckon this movie had like a Beetlejuice quality? Like a like a a Tim Burton quality. Yeah, well, Dan Waters work end up working with Tim Burton. I think there's a there's a surrealism to this movie. Yeah. that is similar to kind of some of Tim Burton's work. But I think that there's lots of other influences. I'm going to talk about some of the influences on this movie. Okay, as we kind of move as we kind of move through it. Yeah, yeah. I've really enjoyed the style of this yeah. film, Dear Diary. We cut to the halls of Westerberg High and get our kind of first taste of how insanely stylish the dialogue of this movie is. If you want to fuck with the eagles, you got to learn to fly. Oh, I wrote that down too. Holy fuck. Dear Diary, Heather told me she teaches people real life. She said, real life sucks losers dry. If you want to fuck with the eagles, you have to learn to fly. I said, so, you teach people how to spread their wings and fly? She said yes. I said... You're beautiful. Oh my god! I, I'm going to be like quoting so many lines. I, I don't know. I don't know whether like they know how fucking like terrible, but terrible, but also awesome. Some of the things that are said in like, do they Dan know? Waters, Dan Waters absolutely positively knows what he is doing with every okay. line of dialogue. In okay, this movie. is he like? All right, so is this film not just a commentary on the, as uh, it was said before, the histronomics of histrionics of high schools and like all the popular kids in that, but also commenting on like how like edge lords are at school and like you know like how they're like kind of making fun of them as well. It's making fun of everyone, America. Yeah, okay. It's an indictment of. It's an indictment of high schools, high school movies of the time, the cloying nature of high school movies of the, of the time. Yeah. It's taking all the cliches of those things and amping them up and also taking them to their logical end in a that. way that those yeah. movies never take those yeah. things to a logical end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Fuck, the finish of this movie it's, is so strong. It's skewing Reagan's America. It's skewing George Bush's America. It's making fun of We Are The World. It's making fun of Dare. You know, don't do drugs. Yeah, it's, it's making fun of American society at that at the, in that period of time. Good old Ronnie Reagan. Yeah, good old Ronnie Reagan. <laughs> so it's all of the it's all of those things. Yeah, and man. it knows that it's all of those things. It's deliberate. It's so it's not like hero worship of the like the alternative group, right? No, good, good, because no. that's the way I read it. Yeah, good. Yeah, we were worried. Yeah. Am I allowed to ask him? <laughs> I think we already got to that, didn't we? Yeah, it's yeah. very clear how I feel about this movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. So you aren't going to go on a tirade about problematic elements in the film? I think there's things we should discuss, but I don't think they're 
flaws in the film. Okay, so all. you're not going to turn around and start saying, this is fucked, like you did with Wild Thing. <laughs> I was definitely worried about that. There are some strong depictions in this movie which I think are completely justified. I think they really did well in going, here's this horrible thing, but we're not just going to let it be there and go, that's a sign of the times. There's a reason for it. Yes, right. yeah. I agree. Wholeheartedly. Cool. Heather McNamara and Heather Duke bump into Veronica as she's writing in her diary. What's your damage, Heather? Heather Chandler wants Veronica in the cafeteria straight away. Uh, Westerberg High is named after the lead singer of the punk band The Replacements. Ah, that's an interesting choice. Yes. In the cafe, it's the classic setup of everybody is a different clique at different tables. <laughs> I love how smoky they made the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's smoke and haze through this whole movie. It's they, so totally they made my thing. a really nice white like American suburbia high school look like the way they depict like terrible schools that you would see in like it's just trying to make something that's heightened it's the same it's the same thing as and we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast it's the same thing as like a Riverdale where there's just smoke and neon light in every scene for no reason <laughs> it's just an aesthetic choice this movie is making yeah. a bold aesthetic choice but the thing this is there's aesthetic choices for different locations yeah but the movie really also love. looks different than most high school movies at this time it yeah. has strong use of primary colors everybody is identified with a color or, or lack thereof in like JD's in JD's sense. There is yeah, there's this strong visual language that's using color as a motif through the entire through the entire movie. Weird little thing, but the outfit that Heather One is wearing in this scene is like pretty much the exact outfit that Eddie Murphy's love interest is wearing in the first Coming to America when we first meet up. <laughs> Okay, if you say so. <laughs> Almost I don't, I don't, sure I don't of it. But yeah, so, <laughs> so that's a weird. Okay, we were movie a lot of times. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Heather Chandler wants Veronica to forge a note to Martha Dunstock, also known as Martha Dumptruck, to football hunk Kurt Kelly, because it will be very uh, Veronica's oh, superpower. That was something I couldn't fucking get with. I hated the very thing. Oh, but it's so very. Oh. Um, <laughs> So we're setting up the Veronica's superpower is that she can forge anyone's handwriting just after looking yeah. at it, which is kind of fun. And the note will give uh, Martha shower nozzle masturbation material for a week. Oh, yeah. As Heather dictates the note, we catch a glimpse of JD checking her out from across the calf as Kurt and Ram, two football players, are talking about how they would like to be in the middle of a Veronica and Heather Chandler sandwich. <laughs> and then after Veronica writes the note, Heather McNamara drops it onto Martha's plate. Yeah, on the most ninja thing in this movie. Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> The Heathers are all sitting and Heather Chandler informs Veronica that there will be a lunchtime poll for the school newspaper. This is where I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of visual reference. Hmm. The movie that Michael Lehman and also Dan, Dan Waters, Daniel Waters, talked about as visual reference for this scene and for the movie in general, you'll never fucking guess. It's just impossible. Lion King. Stanley... <laughs> It wasn't out there yet. Damn. No. Stanley um, Kubrick's full metal jacket. Interesting choice. Yeah. The scenes in the barracks. So the cafeteria yeah. shot like the scenes in the barracks in full metal, metal jacket. The windows are all kind of blowing out with light. Yeah. They're using a lot of wide angle lenses. Even the way the camera moves. They lit he literally used Stanley Kubrick movies as, re Dude, as reference for this movie. The, the, it feels like a bit of West Wing. Don't you reckon how there's like the walk and talk and like the orders being given as well? Which I think is also reminiscent of that those scenes. 
there's a lot of like interesting camera choices and movement. There's a lot of wide angle lenses in this movie. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. I didn't even think about that until you said yeah. that. As they get up, Veronica kind of makes eyes at, at JD. I love this. She kind of just gives him this look like, are you really staring at me? Yeah. It's just kind of <laughs> wonderful. And then she bumps into Betty Finn. Betty Finn and her were best friends as kids. Betty Finn is played by Kira. No? No. Renee Estevez. What? Martin, is that a Sheen? Martin Sheen's daughter. Hectic. And also in almost every single episode of The West Wing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my. She looks so different with yeah. the glasses. With the glasses, yeah. They She's made it, They dressed her down yeah. to make her look like a nerd. Oh. Yeah. She probably went up for Heather number one. Did you guys notice the name play? Mm. The word play in their names? In What Betty? are their names? Veronica and uh, Betty and Veronica. Yeah, Betty and Veronica. Oh. But also Sawyer. And Finn. Yeah, I noticed uh, that. Finn and Sawyer from Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, and James Dean. A lot of name play in this. A lot of name play in this. So Betty has photos of them dressed up for Halloween as kids that she found and is showing Veronica, but Heather Chandler is not impressed and drags her away as Martha Dunstock finds the note on her tray. At the country club rich kids table, she hits them with the question. Then check this out. You win $5 million from the publisher sweepstakes. And the same day that big guy gives you the check. Aliens land on the earth and say they're going to blow up the world in two days. What do you do? Birdie. You invested in your father's <laughs> stocks, right? <laughs> and just slide that board over to my father. <laughs> That's Makes it. absolutely no sense in the world. What I didn't get is like this table clearly all hates Heather. Everybody hates Heather. Oh, yeah. True. But she's in charge. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I That's the you. point of the movie. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Because yep, after yep, she yep, dies, yep. they lionize her. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Just cut that, cut that. <laughs> Your answer, Miss Hoppets? <laughs> My answer's in the movie. Is it the... Is it, I know what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably just buy a bunch of stuff and have a nice time. Yeah, okay. mad. Yep. That's a good answer. Anyway, yeah, they answered that they would, you know, I'd give it to the poor. And what do you think my answer would be? Uh, I don't care what your answer would be. I'm mm-hmm. You'd buy a lot of drugs. I'd do, I'd party. The, if I'm going to die, I've already said this. If I'm like, when I'm like 80, give me like some hectic stuff and just let me go. <laughs> I don't want to live past that. I don't want to age. I'm already sore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already so sore. It's all the time. Ian would buy, buy all of the extras from for whatever video game he's playing so that he can play it at the best. No, I just tidy the house and <laughs> go about my day. Um, <laughs> they answer and uh, Veronica tells them, you're beautiful, which is an insult. She wants to talk to other people too. She, she's like, we do the same fucking shit every, every week. Let's talk to other people. Fuck me gently with the chainsaw. Do I look like Mother Teresa to you? You have said that to me before and, and I only just get the reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of the greatest lines of dialogue ever written. It is absolutely positively <laughs> one of my favorite lines of dialogue ever written. Yeah. Fight me. I don't care. In fact, I think you may have mentioned this movie to me a couple of years ago when you said it and I was like, that's a great line. You were like, it's not my line. I yeah, got it from, from a movie. Yeah. yeah. They look over at the geek table and one of the geeks shoots milk out of his nose. Heather looked at me. <laughs> I don't even know which one. Veronica asks if she cares that everyone thinks she's a piranha, but she doesn't care because they all want her as a friend or a fuck. There is some dialogue lines that are so obtuse. 
You know what I mean? Like friend or a fuck. Like there's a better way of saying that, but it's just so, it had to say it the most like hard way. You know what I mean? That's all the dialogue in this movie. It had to be the hardest way to say it. Yeah. Yep. And then Veronica and Heather montage their way through asking all the kind of different subcultures in the school the question. My favorite is the is the lion guy. You go to the zoo and you get a lion. And then you put a remote control bomb up its butt, push the button on the bomb, and you and the lion die like one. Yeah, die. that guy's pretty good. The, put the bomb up the lion's butt, and then you and the lion die as one. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she goes through and asks all the subcultures. There's the stoner dude that's like that's the freakiest question i've ever heard in my life <laughs> yeah. and there's the guy who's like after taxes i'll only make this much this oh <laughs> even in movie form i wanted to slap that kid yeah, yeah. his name's peter i know people like that yeah <laughs> so then martha decides to act on the note that she read and walks over to kurt and of course he just laughs in her face as veronica and heather watch this um, is brutal it is brutal this yeah. whole plot line is, br- is yeah. brutal but it's also accurate yeah yeah 100%. accurate in its brutalness this is the thing like the reason why i think some of the really heavy depictions in this movie is so justified is because although the world is heightened mm. the things that are happening in this movie are so accurate to my high school experience it's wild yeah 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 and then jd is clearly not impressed from across from across the room yeah and then heather confronts heather about her commitment to the heathers <laughs> in the bathroom uh veronica helps Heather Duke throw up because she is bulimic. I yeah. love this. This was so cute. Completely wrong, but such a good friend. <laughs> Friends work is never yeah. done. Uh, bulimia is so 1987. Yeah. When was this movie made again? It's like 89, but it was probably shot in like 88. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's take another look at today's lunch. Cut to a lunch tray being scraped into a mm. bin. Subtle. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of subtle filmmaking I love in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually quite a few like unsubtle things in this movie that oh, I'm actually a massive yeah. fan of. There's yeah. one later that is just like, like really? Like yeah. that's what you're doing? Okay. Um, oh, so there's one that I hope you like. Uh, is, we're thinking about. I the same think we're one? probably thinking okay, about the same cool, thing. Cool. So yeah, JD is still making eyes of Veronica, and she walks over to him to ask him the question. Greetings and salutations. I didn't say. I'm that. actually surprised you don't say that more. I there was a period of time in my life where I did say that all the time. See, this is weird because like I feel like you saw this as a kid and it crafted how like you do a lot it of feels, things. It feels like, yes, it feels this very JD much. JD is you. Okay. Like that's, so much of JD. That's, that's real. That gets real dark at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there also is Also plausible. <laughs> Can is not a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, there's still so much time. <laughs> it's a closer. We'll do it as a closer. She asks him the question, but before she does, he says there's no stupid questions. And then afterwards says that's the stupidest question I've ever heard. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Kurt and Ram notice that they are talking and they don't like it because, I don't know, they feel some type of sense of ownership of Veronica because mm. she's a Heather. Heather Chandler drags her away. Hold on. Can we talk about his answer first? Oh, yeah, sure. Probably row out to the middle of a lake somewhere, bring along a bottle of tequila, my sacks, and uh, some black. How very. His answer was. Oh, that's so. That's your answer. No, no. My answer is the party the one. Rowboat to There's a rowboat. Rowboat a sax. Yeah, a sax. He's so cool. <laughs> So of the time. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> Not cool at all. 
So what is your answer then? It's it, go have a big fucking party. Use oh, all that right. money on okay. a big party and right. have a blowout. Sure. Okay, yeah. Sure. Kira's spot on. Yeah, <laughs> right. not surprised. So Curtin Rand decide to go over. They can't beat him up because they're seniors now. I love yeah. the running gag of things they can't do because, no, we're seniors now. I love that too. And then they go over to scare him off. We get an F word slur from them. Yep. One of many in this movie. And JD kind of gives them shit back. And then pulls a gun on them and fires a gun at them. Yeah. This lands differently in 2022. Yeah, that's so true. It's played for laughs. Yeah. Holy shit. It's a school shooting that is played for laughs. Yeah. And I love how they're like, it was just blanks. Or yeah, we cut to, I love that one of the things this movie does a couple of times is it cuts to a scene where they're talking about something and you think that their reaction is to one aspect of that thing and then it turns out to be to another aspect of that thing. And in this one, they're like, they won't expel him yeah <laughs> so First they play all, the girls are all playing croquet and him pulling about the what gun did. him pulling the gun felt like another dream sequence it's like when Winona had a head in the ground like there's just yeah. elements that yeah, aren't part of a dream sequence that feel like part of a dream sequence yeah, absolutely and then later we do get some actual dreams yeah more dream sequences yeah um so which again don't feel like dream sequences it's fine he used blanks yeah which At we've already, talk, which we've already talked about really yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's fine veronica is pretty amused by it but heather chandler of course is not heather chandler has the choice as they're playing croquet to take two shots or to hit Heather Duke's ball out. I don't Duke. get the croquet thing, man. Like, I get that it's different. I get that it's a sign of, it's like, white money culture thing. It's because they're aristocrats. Yeah. They're aristocrats of the school. But it is, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's just because it's used so It just becomes much. a thematic yeah. thematic thing. And it's like, that's where we return to after things. Croquet is a game where is is the game of that they play and it is the game of the school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in terms of positioning and knocking people out and it's, it's just all thematic metaphory stuff that, that all works in together. And it's an aristocratic game. I don't get what the two shot thing is. So if you hit somebody else's ball in croquet, you can either take two shots or you can knock them away from wherever the outer position. Um, I think. I don't know. I never played. Yeah, before. neither. But um, what I'm saying is like, I obviously get what the metaphor is for the knock me out thing. Right? Yeah. I don't get what the taking the two shots is, is well, an analogy you can score for. Ahead. It's not an analogy for anything. It's just the rules of the game. But Heather, oh, always, okay. Heather always chooses, Heather Chandler always chooses to knock people out. Right. Okay. She's a bitch. Okay. Yep. Because she's evil. Yeah. Heather Chandler has the choice to take two shots or hit Heather Duke's ball out. Heather Duke asks her what she's going to do. Heather Chandler replies, did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Oh, yeah. Fuck. That's Kim, awkward. Kim Walker. Heavy. Died from a brain tumor. That is very, very heavy. Just weird is what it is. Just yeah. Coincidence. Really weird coincidence that yeah. changes. I always, on that line, are like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Fucking heavy. Because she was so young. She was like 32. Yeah. Fuck. So young. Yeah. Heather Chandler hits her out and then Heather Duke takes her shot, <laughs> banks it off a statue, a tree, and it goes through the hoop. Yeah, love it. Uh, we learn that tonight's the night. Heather Chandler is taking Veronica to a Remington party. It's a college party. It's going to be her shot to hang out with the cool kids, the cool college boys, and not have to deal with this, these high school boys anymore. Yeah. The Heathers leave, and Veronica sits with her parents, and they banter over some pate and crackers. Uh, I also really love this. The dynamic. Pate is great, but I've got a motor. I love that they do that twice. I love the parents are great because they're like these robots. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're going to do the same thing. And uh, besides teachers, we don't really get any other adults in the movie. No. The one time when they're not robots, it's very interesting. Yeah. 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 It's all deliberate. It's all very, yeah. very deliberate. Yeah. At a uh, snappy snack shack, it was meant to be a 7-Eleven and then they read the script. Oh. <laughs> they passed. So. Makes sense. Uh, side story is that it was hard to cast this movie. Why? Because parents kept on reading the script. Mm. Oh, and so they wouldn't let of, their kids lots be of in teen it. actors were not allowed to audition or be in this movie. Agents were telling their the people they represented not to be in this movie because of how insane the script and dark the script was. Famously, uh, Heather Graham would have been so fitting. Heather, Heather <laughs> yeah. yeah, Heather Graham was up for one of the Heathers, mm. and her parents wouldn't let her do it. Wow, they wanted her for one of the Heathers and her parents were like, you are not making this movie. It's very funny because I feel like Winona Ryder plays characters that are very close to Winona Ryder in life. I don't know. I don't know Winona Ryder personally. (laughs) Which is why I think it's funny that she was so keen to do this this film because I feel like it probably rings true with how I imagine Winona Ryder to be. No idea. If she really just my speculation. Yeah, just wild guessing. speculation. That's fine. That's makes sense. We'll Do we on. know why the other the kids who did get cast's parents were okay with it? No, not really. <laughs> Veronica runs into JD, JD and lets him buy her a slushy. Mm. They have their little meet cute. So you know your convenience speak pretty well. Yeah, well, uh, I've been moved around all my life. Dallas, Baton Rouge, Vegas. Sherwood, Ohio, has always been a snappy snack shack. Any town, any time, you can pop a ham and cheese in the microwave and feast on a turbo dog. Keeps me sane. Does his performance remind you guys of anybody? Yeah. Yes, but I don't know who. Do you know who? So many. <laughs> uh, he's so fucking hard and edgy. Um, who are you talking about? I, I, like, there's a thousand people that I can throw at you. There's one actor's name that he was criticised for sounding like in this movie. Ooh. That makes it more interesting. I don't know. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, but oh. see him later on, you see how early him probably could have been mistaken for a bit of Jack Nicholson. He's got that vibe. Here's the thing. It's just how Christian Slater talks. Yeah. It's... He was criticized at the time for doing a Nicholson impersonation with yeah. the, the way he delivers his lines, but it's actually just the way he talks. Yeah. Yeah. As as with Nicholson. That's a ve- I was not thinking about that. Yeah. Cherry or Coke slushy? <sighs> Cherry. Yep. Outside at JD's uh, motorcycle, because of course he rides a fucking Of course motorcycle. he does. He's a bad boy. Yeah. We learned that JD's dad is big news in the construction game or the deconstruction game, as we will learn a little bit later. Yeah. Everyone has their. Uh what does he call it? Stutters. Everyone has their stutters in life or something like when he's talking about how hard it is to move from city to city. Static. Static. Everyone has their static. I'm like, boy, you're the son of a rich guy. Like heaps of static. Well, as we'll learn later, there's, there is some static there. Mm. Okay. JD smokes, which is real weird now. Just real weird. Yeah, it's still weird. You just don't see people smoking in movies anymore. Studios don't let people smoke in movies. You haven't seen a person smoke a cigarette in in a movie in so long, you don't even know. Nah, yep. cigars and, and cigarettes, yeah. Nope. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, that's different. Period piece. That's, it's a period in Tarantino. Tarantino's the exception. Nah. Studios do not let characters smoke. Like, mm. it's a mandate. Mm. 
you will never see anybody smoking a Disney film ever again. In a Disney film, yeah. yeah. There are movies there are movies that break the rule. I'm saying for studio content, they do not let you smoke in movies anymore. Yeah, but yeah, I get you. So there is a certain style of movie that I know I will never see someone smoke. Yeah. Unless it's like a big like caricature stogie. Kingpin. Yeah. Doesn't smoke cigars. Oh, I was like literally thinking about Kingpin in my head, just going like, I'm sure I've seen him smoke a stogie. Nope. He does it in the cartoons. Yes, (laughs) but those cartoons are old. Oh, yeah. You don't see people smoking anymore. So I always like, always now, especially, and he's a teenager. (laughs) My mind always goes to Vincent and Yeah, I don't know where you're at. And also he's a teenager. Yeah, like teenagers, teenagers definitely smoking. don't. Yeah, very true. Smoking. Yeah. So Veronica admits that she doesn't like her friends. It's just like there are people I work with and our job is being popular and shit. Maybe it's time to take a vacation. Oh, I love that line. Yeah. I fucking love that line. I fucking feel it. Uh, it seems like they all feel that way about each other. It doesn't seem like any of the Heathers actually like genuinely like each other. The funny thing is, is I feel like Heather won. Later in the film, I feel like we get a sense that, like, she actually liked Veronica. I don't think so. From, like, looking at the contents of, like, the locker and, like, things Um, like that. Yeah. There were little trace evidences. I was like, maybe. I think if anyone liked each other, it was possibly the other two. Heather 3. May have liked. Well, Heather 3 likes Veronica. (laughs) You're just Mm. numbering them. One, two, and three. 100%. Heather Duke. I am am the guys at the nerd table. Yeah. Yeah. JD tells her that she should take a vacation. From her, from her job. Meanwhile, Heather Chandler is in the car beeping, going, hurry up, we're meant to be late to this part, party. I also do like um, the uh, corn nuts. Yeah. Original or BQ. Yeah. BQ. At the uh, Remington party, pretty grimy. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty gross. College douchebags. And yet starkly realistic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. College douchebags are just super rapey straight away. There's no hiding it. They're not even nice to begin with. They're just leering. And we cut forward to Veronica writing into her diary after the party as she rants about wanting to kill. Yeah. While wearing a monocle. While wearing a the monocle. monocle. I fucking love the monocle. Oh, really? Yeah. The monocle That is the hottest <laughs> anyone has ever looked wearing a monocle. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. The monocle I saw, and it was the one thing that I was like, too much. No, there's no such thing. There's as too a much scene where movie. she's sitting next to a chest of drawers that are all punctuation marks. I also for love handles. those. I love those. And she's wearing the monocle, and I was like, nah. Tells you about who she is. It does. It gives you heavy insight into yeah. who this character is. Yeah. Yes, I get it. And at, it's necessary, but fuck. At the party, she's clearly bored and doesn't want to be there while Heather Chandler is kind of talked into giving her douche boyfriend a blowjob. Now, I'm going to go out of order here, but I really, really fucking love the juxtaposition of their puking and this blowjob scene. It is fucking beautiful. Depiction, again, heavy, but do you see the parallel of the guy having that satisfaction of Heather's debasement and Heather having the satisfaction with uh, Veronica's debasement? And you see how they're, and, and it was the same motion going down. No, okay. you guys didn't yeah. catch that? Yeah, I, th- I think it's there. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's, I. Because I saw the blowjob scene and I was like, I don't want to see this, man. Like, this is too fucking real. Mm. But then the next scene when it showed like, ah, it's just depicting like these two horrible people's like enjoyment in their debasement. Shitty shitty experiences. Yeah, Yeah, it's real interesting. Veronica's writing about having to stop Heather 
And then we get kind of drunk Veronica playing with a match and accidentally setting her drink on fire. Yeah. <laughs> which she throws out the window into a trash can fire because this scene is a trash can fire. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not subtle. It's, not not, at all. it's literally this party is a garbage fire. Yeah. We see Heather wash her mouth out and then spit it onto the mirror. And then one of the douches tries to force himself onto Veronica. She goes to give him her kind of pre-prepared speech that yeah. he doesn't deserve. You know, I have a little prepared speech I tell my suitor when he wants more than I'd like to give him. Gee, Blake, I had a really nice... See, the speech is from Malcolm X. I just want to get laid. You don't deserve my fucking speech. And in the hall, Veronica's not feeling well and Heather confronts her about not playing along the way that she does. And Veronica... Uh, throws up, ruining her social life, basically. Yeah. As she throws up and leans out of frame. Yeah. And then leans back up, she has vomit on her face. Yeah. There is a makeup artist below frame putting baby food on her face. Oh, very cool. <laughs> Outside, they argue in the light of the uh, trash fire. Yeah. Because, <laughs> again, not subtle. One of the things that's kind of great about this movie is how modern it looks, quote, unquote. All the, all the, light, all the colored lighting. There's all this like blue and red, mm. like colored lighting, which is such a style that disappeared and then has come back in like music videos and things, right? There's a scene in the boiler room that I was just said, this feels like, Bra- uh, uh, not Braveheart, this feels like Die Hard. Or oh, Highlander, yeah. Yeah. With all the color, with all the colored lighting. Yeah. It's just interesting that, that that's something that this movie's super stylized in a way where there is un- unmotivated colored lighting every- everywhere, right? Yeah. Which is something that went out of style in the, in the kind of nineties and then came and then came back, came back again. And now it's make, it's made this movie look modern because if the way that movies are lit now, you're fucking spot on. I didn't even think about that, but it really has aged well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even the fashions are kind of back, right? <laughs> yeah. Kind of like all that eighties bullshit is, is back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the fashion in this fi- film was like a fucking tour de force. Yeah. Like, it's all there are so some del- boots that Winona Ryder are wearing in one scene. I'm like, damn, they're fucking sick. So Heather's going to ruin Veronica's life for tonight. Veronica throws her diary across the room as JD comes into her open window. Yeah. Okay. We've seen this in everything. People just coming in people's windows. Yeah. Is that a thing? Like, was that ever a thing? Kira just looks straight at me. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay, don't put it past you doing it. Yeah, I've climbed it. in a girl's window. <laughs> yeah. But like in the way JD did it, where it's like, we've made eyes at each other and talked once. I'm going to climb in your window now. Is it difficult to climb in and out of somebody's window? No. Not when you're a ghost and a ninja. Uh, yeah. It definitely depends what's below the window. <laughs> definitely depends. <laughs> what. It's interesting. And I'd be curious to know how often it actually happened in America with American style houses, because it seems to always happen with girls' bedrooms on the second floor where you would have to climb up a trellis well, or later up we a tree in order to get to there. Later we see rooms. him use a ladder. That is also true. Sometimes people use ladders. That's true. Yeah. We where he got that, that ladder and how he got it there on his yeah. motorcycle. Maybe he found it in the backyard. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'd be curious whether that ever actually happens in America, or whether most children's rooms are actually on the ground floor. <laughs> was that also, a we have fly screens. I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have safety screens and fly screens on all our windows. Yeah, I feel like it probably doesn't happen anymore for that reason because there wasn't as many fly screens and stuff when you were a kid, were there? No, the, uh, the houses as I many. lived in. Houses I lived in always had fly screens. So you had I, to take the fly screen ca- off. I just took the fly screen off my bedroom window. It was just permanently off. 
yeah. for and ease what about, in and out of it. And what about the girls' bedrooms that you're climbing into? I can undo a fly screen in 10 yeah. seconds. <laughs> There's also these fly screens that, like, they, they just have, like, a little thing that you kind of, like, latch down. Mm-hmm. And if you, like, just, like, go through the fly screen a little bit, it pops right out. <laughs> We know what we're doing. Yeah, but like also the context that I was doing that on was very different to what we're seeing in this movie. What I'm asking is like, was that a thing in the 80s? To just show up at a girl's house. To just show up. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's not like you can call her. You can't fucking text her or ICQ her. Yeah, right. Or fucking Windows message Yahoo chat her. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, okay. You can call the house. Doing the fucking Cyrano, fucking Romeo and Juliet shit. Yeah. And that's all you, that's, that was your only options. Yeah. Um, so he did have to figure out where she lives. Yeah. And that's <laughs> what I was bumping on. You just ask people. Everyone knows where everybody lives. Mm. Follow her home. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Um, he probably followed her all night. Yeah. To the party, watched her set a fire. Goes, huh, that's my kind of girl. Yeah. Actually, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So interestingly enough, Veronica's bedroom was built as a set in the high school gym. No. Yep. He asks her if she's up for a game of croquet and then we cut to various items of underwear. And and two balls and a croquet bat. (laughs) The croquet dick and balls. I loved it. They played strip croquet. Yeah. This post-sex scene was shot the night of the Beetlejuice premiere. Same night. The lighting and they shit. They wrapped her out early so she could go to the Beetlejuice premiere. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. I can't <laughs> believe that came out before this. Oh, yeah. I forget how young so Winona how young did that. So how in Beetlejuice She's then? like 15. Yeah. She's 14, 15 years old in Beetlejuice. That's that's a famous fact though, hey, that she did that so young. Hey, mm. like yep. I can't believe she's so adult in that and she's so adult in this. She's not really that adult in Beetlejuice. You don't reckon? No. She- uh, look, I feel that way. Like, I feel like she's, it's like with the little girl in fucking Once Upon a Time in Mexico. How the fuck did that kid act so well? Once Upon, Once a, upon a Time in Hollywood. Hollywood. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, just, some kids so just, mature. Some kids, some kids just are just act. good. I don't get it, man. Fucking Kirsten Dunst. And a 10 year old, 11 year old in Fucking. the vampire playing. Like, I believe that that woman is like, yeah, like, that's so true. 200 years. Old. Like, I believe that woman is 200 years old. They got fucking chops. Yeah. She's incredible in that movie. I, yeah. some, that performance Kirsten Dunst is a fucking badass virgin. Virgin suicides. Fucking heavy. Yep, Maria. Love, oh, love that. Yeah. They're really cute together. She, love bite, the lighting she bites him. She bites him. I she, miss yeah. that. He kind of, flo- he, he, she kind of like bites his armpit slash nipple. Oh yeah, it's it's really kind of cute. Veronica laments that she's using her smarts because she was meant to be some type of genius to mm. basically please have her. And they kind of agree that she deserves to die. They decide that they're just going to kind of move on with their lives. But what Veronica really wants is to see Heather vomit, mm. which leads us to the next scene, where at Heather Chandler's house, Veronica and JD sneak into her kitchen in the morning. Her parents are gone because they go to the grandmother's. Yep. And she never goes. She never goes. The grandparents. She never goes. There. Yeah. Yeah. And they're in the kitchen trying to find something to make her throw up. Milk and OJ. Yeah. JD. JD is a JD is a no rust build up man himself. (laughs) This scene escalates so quickly. It's fucking great. I love it. Did you expect the escalation? Um, did you, d- yeah, because you have no idea that you're going into this cold. You have no idea that this movie a really has so question. many murders in it. Yeah. I did not expect it to escalate that quickly. I thought this was going to 
plant the seed at the side of this scene. I thought it was going to plant the seed and they were going to revisit it. I didn't think the big bad essentially of the film was going to be taken out. Killed at the first Now. And and then I only realised scenes later. Didn't know. I thought we were watching a Bonnie and Clyde movie essentially. It's like them two going to take on the whole world and fuck shit up. That's not what happened. And eventually we got to a point where Bonnie and Clyde turned on each other, you know, and then JD becomes a big bad, essentially. I I really had a lot of fun because I didn't know where it was going to go the whole time. Yeah. Because there was a justification for progression in, in, oh, I love JD. Oh, I don't don't love JD. Oh, I hate the world. Oh, I love the world kind of thing. Like it it could have branched out into any path, which is why I think I I enjoyed it so much. Super Coke. (laughs) <laughs> what, what, what kind they, of soup? <laughs> what did they call the fucking? What did they call a golly? Flame globber. Flame globber. Yep. Worst. Uh, Worst name. JD wants to go with Big Blue. They end up putting their ideas into cups. Then yeah, they try to cough up flame, but they have no flame. Yeah, they are without flame. Veronica's going to go with the milk and OJ, but they start kissing, and distractedly she takes the wrong cup. JD does notice. But does not try to stop her. Yeah, he an asshole, man. Sort of goes to stop her and then changes his mind. Yeah. yeah because he's yeah. twisted and wants to know what's going to happen. Yeah. Upstairs, they wake Heather and offer her the hangover cure as a peace offering. What, did you put a flame globber in it or something? Yeah. And then JD baits her into drinking it. Yeah, it's, she calls him out. It's like, you think I'm going to drink it because you're calling you me co- chicken? And then he's Give like, me the drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah what great. the fuck just happened? <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. And then... um. She immediately starts choking and then smashes through a glass coffee table dead. To be clear, if you die from something like that, you don't die instantly no, like that, right? No, it would be real painful. It would, and and you, it would, take, it would, would burn have, through your esophagus. Yeah. You yeah, would, and then you would bleed out. Yeah. yeah. It's not you poisoning. Wouldn't, you wouldn't just go... No. No, it would be much more gruesome. Yeah. You'd probably vomit a lot of blood. Yeah. Probably yep. have a lot of blood coming out of a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. I just killed my best friend. <laughs> and your worst enemy. Same, yeah. di- same difference. <laughs> that was great. I like that. And then we get this amazing shot. Oh, God, you notice same the amaz- difference. Fucking great. Do you amaz- yeah. notice the amazing shot? Uh, nope. At the desk? Yeah, it's part. that's the end of the shot. So we get a floor level wide dolly shot that oh, has- I didn't notice. That has Heather in on the ground in the foreground and then, and then the JD, two the two side. of them on either side. It's floor level. It's at the level of the floor. Yeah. Right. What does it move to? And then the dolly, as she goes to the desk, it dollies over to the desk still low. Ah, nice. So how would you do that? How do you get a camera lens at floor level? Put it on rails. What are you even talking about? How do you, a camera lens, the lens itself physically at floor level. Oh, uh, raise the floor? That is one way to do it. Nice. That is not how they did it. Oh, damn. <laughs> they used a prism lens. So it shoots down. So it's basically think about it like a periscope. Yeah. So so the lens is on lens is on the ground and it bounces light that goes through series of prisms that then bounces it into the actual camera the film. Fuck the yeah. Film camera. You ever used anything like that? No. But Do it's really still cool. Use things I've, like that. Well, you don't really. I don't know now if you would need to. Now yeah, you can probably. You got to think about the fact that this is a motion picture film camera. It's a thirty-five oh, millimeter film shit, camera. Yeah. That getting that you can't get the lens on the gr- on the ground. You would have to, like you said, build a set that you raise up so that you, the camera is actually physically below the level of the, of the set peaking up. Be cool. Yeah. Just fuck yeah. Really great. I actually didn't even know how it was done until I listened to. The I didn't commentary. know they existed. 
but as soon as you said it, I was like, of course that thing exists. Yeah, I had think I had always always assumed that it was a set that raised the floor the floor level. Yeah. Yeah. But on the commentary they talk about the fact that it was a prism lens. They panic about what to do, but JD quickly comes up with a plan because he spots a copy of the Beljar in the wreck of the table. Yeah. Just fucking clever. Yeah. So Beljar famously a Sylvia Plath. Sylvia Plath who committed suicide yeah. and is also about mental health. Yeah. So they will make it look like a suicide because Veronica can do her handwriting. They write a note, old lady hands. Those are not, <laughs> notice. not one in a writer's hands. Those are a 40-year-old woman's Damn hands. Damn it. Uh, I've been looking out for that shit lately. Yeah. Myriad? Yeah. <laughs> Heather would never use that word. She missed it on the vocab test two weeks ago. That's perfect. It's a badger for shame. It fucking is perfect. It's so good. <laughs> God damn it. The details, the setup and payoff in this movie is yeah. just superb. Yeah. yeah because the, yeah. in the next scene, the it's a teacher's meeting, a staff meeting for the school, and the staff are discussing what to do. How much time to give the children off? To give the children off. I fucking love this scene They're again. So it's another callous. like West Wing vibe, don't you reckon? I don't get a West Wing vibe from this scene. It's no. like t- table talk. You know, it doesn't feel like a school. It feels like, like this is you the watch world. West Wing. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I haven't fully watched all of it, but like bad example. Uh, um, I'm using it because he. I mean, West did Wing some is episodes. now as much fantasy and heightened as this is, but you know that's because. America. But yeah, I, I, I'm referencing that because he did a couple of episodes of West Wing. Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't make it the same thing. Yeah, okay. Thing. Well, maybe I should. They both it, have it, tables it, in them. It feels like a presidential, this is the world, the heads are talking kind of thing. I will give you that, but I yeah. don't think that, I think you're making a connection that is not there. One of the teachers is impressed by a proper use of the word myriad. Yeah. And then the arts teacher, Fleming, wants to get everyone to talk and feel. And then the principal tells her to call him when the shuttle has landed. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a hippie. The the dude in the corner smoking the cigar, I love his whole vibe. Another reference. Madman, how about that? Table talk for Madman. That's the vibe I get. Sure. I mean, they're smoking. <laughs> but, oh, they're fuck you guys. I think it's just the teacher's meeting. It's, it, okay. I feel like it's because, like, this school is the world. You know well, what yeah, I mean? That's true. Yeah. In that, yes, that's the way it's presented. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're trying to, I think what you're trying to say is it has a, like a world leaders vibe. Right? As you like know, a, I'm a very poor communicator. <laughs> really? <laughs> that makes you an excellent podcast host. Yeah, but good, good laughing stock material. In the locker room, Heather McNamara thinks it's so unfair. They get an hour. It's so unfair that they only get an hour off instead of a week. Again, you think she's talking about one thing. It's so unfair that, that Heather died, that Heather killed herself. Yeah, but it's not what she's true. talking about. She's so shallow that she's like, we only get an hour off. Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's fantastic. Heather Duke is eating. Fuck it. I love that. Yeah. Because love the Heather it. the body shamed her is no longer there to body shame her. Yeah. I was really kind of upset at her heel. T- uh, is it a heel turn when they go eating? Yes. Yeah. At her heel turn later on. Because I was like, she's cool, man. I'm fucking digging her vibe. I really admire your proper use of the term heel turn. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I feel so proud right now. (laughs) (laughs) And then the amazing shower scene. I don't want to look too respectfully or disrespectfully because of people's age, but just wow. So basically, as they're talking... Veronica, well, a stoner tells Veronica she's sorry for her loss. People that hated Heather now think she was some kind of special person or had hidden depths that she... That stoner chick has some good little moments. Yeah, that she didn't have. 
And yeah, Veronica gets in a shower fully clo- fully clothed because of the weight of what's happening. So originally there was more to this scene. Oh. oh. Originally all the other girls think that Veronica is goofing around and get in the shower fully clothed as well and then like splash around with each other. Yep, we can see why that got taken out of the film. Wait. And then we do the classic of the era cut to boys trying to peek into the shower. Yep. And they peek in and see a bunch of fully clothed girls in the shower splashing each other and are very confused. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Very of the era. Yeah. Apparently it never worked. They could never shoot it in a way where it actually landed as a joke. It wasn't just something that was really confusing. Because even when it was in films, like in the time, it wasn't a joke. It was an opportunity to leer. Well, they're making fun of other teen movies that had that scene in it. Mm, they're trying to, true, because this is true. a satire of high school movies, they're trying to include stuff from all of the high school movies and that was a cl- scene that's in like so many. It probably says more that they couldn't film it as a joke then. <laughs> yeah. In class, Fleming is thrilled to finally have an example of the profound sensitivity of the human animal. It's Heather Chandler. This scene is great. There's so many little parts in this scene. And she has her pathetic but beautiful suicide note. Why the fuck does she have her suicide note? Let's pass it around. She has the actual (laughs) note. The actual note. I know because, like, they're going to put it in the fucking newspaper. No, the yearbook. The yearbook, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, this scene's great. Her parents are fucked. Yeah. I mean, everyone in this movie is fucked. It is a strange choice to pass the suicide note around. Yeah, <laughs> it's a re- yeah. I love, I love this fucking teacher. Hated her when she first came in on, at the table, mm. but as we progress, I'm just like, yes, fucking, this is your moment. So she asked the class to speak about their feelings about Heather. A stoner want, just wants to talk about the gory detail, the gory details. Yeah, Peter, who. We have met, we've met earlier. He's in charge of like the, um, the equivalent. It's like the, I can't remember. I did write it down for later, but it's equivalent of like a, a food bank thing. Yeah. He's the kid I want to slap. Yeah. He's the kid that we want to slap. He tells a story about how he once went on a date with Heather and Heather told him that he was boring. And now he realized that he's not boring. Heather was just dissatisfied with her life. <laughs> how yeah. good is Winona reacting in the back? Yeah. She just with a very subtle butterfly wings behind her on the wall. Yeah. She laughs and then turns it into a cry. Yeah. <laughs> turns it into a pretending to cry. To she's cover so up. good. Fuck, yeah. She's just such a good actor. And then at JD's house, they're watching the news where a bunch of students have been interviewed about what a saint Heather Chandler was, including Heather Duke, who's on several channels. Did you notice the fucking uh, comes in later, but how fucking the record player and the radio are in concrete? Yeah. Oh, my God. I get it later because he's like a construction dude. But when I saw it, I was like, fucking edgy. It has to be. It has to be grunge. There's also like, there's also, so there's packing boxes everywhere because they're new to the, new to town. Yeah. And the only thing that's unpacked is the, is the exercise equipment, the weights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love this whole family. JD and Veronica are pretty incredulous. All the people that hated Heather are now saying that she's, she's wonderful. And then Big Bud Dean comes in. And they do this bit where JD calls him son and Big Bud calls him calls him dad. Yeah. And Big Bud is a peach. <laughs> that man is a peach. Yeah. He gets a hut on from blowing up buildings protected by withered bitches <laughs> that are excited because Glenn Miller's band took a shit there once. Yeah. What a fucking character. They're having a ball in this scene. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, son, can I invite my, my girlfriend to, to dinner? But Veronica's got a motor. Her mum's making her favourite spaghetti with lots of oregano. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, what? 
Uh, yeah, thank you. And what then the JD drops the line. That's nice. The last time I saw my mother, she was waving from a library window in Texas. Hey, pop. <laughs> yep. yep. Fucking brutal. Yeah. Yep. I love that. And I love how it's so awkward for uh, Veronica because they're not going to explain it, obviously. No. And of course she would feel fucking awkward when they're not going to explain weird comments like that. Veronica goes home and with her parents, we get a rerun of the earlier scene. It's staged and shot exactly the same way. Yeah. It's the exact same sequence of shots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they come back to the when parents, I back, fucking yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah. I actually expected them to do it more. I yeah, same. I feel, like it should be a th- I feel like it should be a third one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I said it's where we come to after things happen. I feel like it should be after every time something happens, we come home and kind of click in with them. Mm. Yeah. So they're asking her, instead of asking her about withdrawals from spring break, which is what they ask her the first time, they ask her how the first day back after Heather's suicide was. <laughs> And great pate, but I've got a motor if I'm going to be ready for that funeral. I love it's pate. I love that it's pate. Just always eating pate. Yeah, it's great. Have we gone past the locker combination line? There's a locker combination line? Where he's like, uh, 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 Slate is like, I've been in so many schools in so many different states and so many different towns. The only thing that changes is my locker combination. Yeah, I, we like, I think we were past it. Ah, oh, it's such a terribly good line. I fucking just had to, I just had to pull it up and be like, okay, we can move on now. And Heather Chandler's funeral. The funerals in this film. It's so good. Fucking awesome. So funny. Definitely the funniest funeral I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been to some funny funerals. Yeah. Glenn Shannox as Father Ripper blaming the MTV video games. Great line. Glenn Shaddix is also in Beetlejuice. He's, he pops up in tons of stuff through through the 80s. I, I was meaning to ask you, the football jock, I swear the football jock is someone as well. Uh, I didn't take note of who he was, so. Mind that down, it's all business. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> he prays that the teenagers know the name of that righteous dude that can solve their problems. It's Jesus Christ, and he's in the book. And then we get a bunch of teens saying goodbye to Heather through voiceover as they pray at Heather's open coffin. Hmm. Uh, you can see Kim Walker just breathing the whole time through. The can thing. you? Fuck! <laughs> the flowers on her chest are just uh, on her stomach are just moving up and down the whole time, <laughs> and it's because she's breathing. Which I, you know, it's not like she's really dead. So. Yeah. yeah. Again, this part of the scene, fucking brilliant. Yeah, and Love they're it. all uh, pretty vapid as fuck. Heather Duke is very happy. Yeah, she's <laughs> great. Heather's dead. The the football joke where he's like, "And pray for all the sinners, so we don't get caught." Joke, joke, joke. joke yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the back of the church, Heather McNamara is using holy water to fix her hair. Yeah, yeah love that. That's fantastic. Just always makes me laugh. It's so funny. She asked Veronica to go on a double date with Ram and Kurt because Kurt doesn't have a date. And Veronica isn't sure because she's got something going on with JD. And which then, one's which again? Ram and Kurt? Ram is the dumber looking one. Yeah. Cool. Thought so. I don't know. I assumed from the names. Yeah. But yeah. Outside, some of the geek kids run into Ram and Kurt. And the geeks talk shit to them and Kurt and Ram run them down, grabbing them and putting their arms behind their backs. It's so perfect. It's we get so another, perfect. This sequence. We get another F word slur and Kurt and Ram make them say that they love big dicks. Yeah. They love sucking big dicks. So obviously this and the following sequences, super homophobic. But like there is a reason for it and a justification for it in film. But we get the the nerd walking through, obviously a little bit confident because he's out of school, you know. And turns around, tells the jock to fuck off and gives him the finger. He knew he had it coming. <laughs> he knew that was going to happen. And they like think about it again and he doubles down and they chase him down and start like manhandling him. Great. Love it. So true to life. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And then we we see JD watching them do this like homophobic shit or repressed homophobic shit with with the nerds. Mm -hmm. And it just lines up so perfectly with what he decides to do in the coming sequences. Yeah, he clocks them as he's riding past on his motorcycle. Yeah. Cool cool as fuck. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm- He wasn't even in the church. No. Ah, I didn't clock that. I I felt fully the same as JD watching the scene. I was like, oh man, these guys deserve to die. But also- Heather McNamara convinces Veronica that it will be- Really very, very. And Veronica... <laughs> I, hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Veronica agrees to go as long as it's not one of those nights where they get drunk and take them to a pasture to keep, to tip cows, cut to them in a pasture tipping cows. This doesn't look like a country town, like... It's not. It's meant Why to be... Why it cows? <laughs> well, it's meant to be... No, it is meant to be Ohio. Yeah, true. It's meant to be like there farmland. There are cows in Ohio. It's just shot oh. in California, so it doesn't look anything like... Uh, oh, yeah, it's meant to be Ohio. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This was shot in Griffith Park in LA. None of the kids look like country kids. Oh, yep. Yeah, they don't. The whole vibe doesn't feel like very country. Everybody feels very Californian. Yeah. Curtain Ram tip over a very plastic cow. (laughs) It is a real cow until they tip it, then it's a very plastic cow. Yeah. Uh, And Veronica and Heather get splattered in mud. And then later, JD shows up as Kurt is chasing Veronica drunk and Heather's being mauled by Ram in the background. Yeah. This is, again... Fucking heavy depiction of date rape. Really unsettling to see. But also see. like date rape as just part of the experience of being in high and school. With this is what boys. I was get, like, this is a point where I was sitting in the movie going like, I don't want to watch this shit. And like, I was like, it's, it's too hard on this shit. But I started to like digest it a little. And I was like, it's actually so fucking real to my high school experience. Like it is like, unfortunately so fucking real to life. Um, and just how, other people were just standing there and going about their night as if it's normal and not intervening, not saying anything, and it's just part of the culture. Yeah, yuck, but I get it, and it, it actually is a great bit of film. Yeah. Uh, JD begins kind of pissed off, another fucking Heather. Yeah. And then also, just to move past the grossness of that scene, him rocking up in that fucking, like, tree grove, fucking Boss, <laughs> yeah, backlit with blue, oh, unexplained so blue light. Sick. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a really, it's a fun shot. And then uh, the immortal line, "I love is God." Let's go get a slushy. Yeah. <laughs> In the school newspaper office, the editor of the paper, Dennis, played by Phil Lewis, he's Hooch from Scrubs. Ah, Hooch is crazy. <laughs> oh, Hooch! Yep, yep, it just clicked. Hooch is crazy. Yeah, he's also in Aces, Iron Eagle Three. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, Don't tell me he's Chappie's replacement. Yeah, he is. Damn it. No, idiot. Good, good, good. Uh, He's talking to Peter about the fact that the biggest song in America right now is Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It by Big Fun. Is that a song? It's for the movie. Okay, I was just checking. (laughs) And he wants to cash in because Westerberg High finally got one. A suicide, they mean. Uh, By putting Heather Chandler on the front page instead of the foodless fund, Veronica comes in. This is actually a great... Like, yeah, it's yeah, just it's amazing. Veronica comes in and Dennis wants to know if Veronica has any poems or art by Heather <laughs> for the double page yearbook spread that centerpieces her suicide note. And you know how he's talking in the end where he's like, it's not just a depiction of school. It's a depiction of America. You said this earlier. Yeah, it's tr- it's, it's really it's the way that is, it's man. The, it's the way that people do with tragedy. Yeah, media and the fucking world. And lionize people. Look at me sounding like a fucking edge lord. I should go to this fucking school. <laughs> okay. I mean, your use of we, the word edge lord is pretty edge lordy. So, 
Veronica tells Dennis that this stuff leaves a bad taste in her mouth and one of the rich girls laughs. And after some back and forth, we find out from Peter that Kurt's been spreading around the school that he and Ram had a sword fight in Veronica's mouth last night. Mm, yeah, fuck. Yeah. At home, Veronica calls Kurt to set up a threesome with Ram at dawn in the woods behind the school. Uh, JD is in on it. It's a setup. Veronica doesn't get the point of them writing a suicide note if they're just going to be shooting them with blanks. They aren't using blanks. Veronica's out. And then JD asks her if she takes German. Yep. <laughs> I must have missed this. What happened? He asks her if she takes German. She says no French. And then he tells her that they're Ick Luger bullets. Ick Luger, let me guess. Not skin deep? I'm lying. Ah, uh, Luger. Ha! It's, ha! it's ish, Luger, but yeah. Okay, okay. sure. Yeah, That's well, great. they probably didn't get the German 100%. Yeah, correct, but so they're literally good. called I'm Lying Bullets. That's so good. Yep. Fuck but they're just yeah. tra- they're like tranquilizers. They break the skin and leave a little bit of blood, but they don't cause any real damage. I wish I caught that earlier on because I would have had a better reading of JD as a character. He really is just a toxic asshole. He's just manipulating her the yeah, whole time. He doesn't love Veronica. He thinks he loves Veronica and he's a piece of shit. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. That kind of changes the whole evolution of JD's character. It changes character. the way that you watch the movie the second yeah, time. Yeah, that's awesome. When you watch the movie the second time, it completely changes the way you think about it. Because the first murder where he lets her do yep. that, you go, oh, yeah, maybe he's dabbling in that area a bit. But you see by the second one, like, no, he's... He's, he's manipulating her from word go. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And she's a little dumb in this scene. She's a little, she buys it, but at this point yeah, she's she buys kind of that in, that's a thing that exists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she also is kind of in love with him. Yeah. She has yeah. that puppy love thing where, where she's not really, she, I think that she's just too enamored with him to actually be paying attention to what he's really saying. Yeah. How does she think this is a good idea? How does she think that she's not going to go to jail for this prank? JD didn't go to jail. Uh, yeah, this world is a little bit different. It's a little bit different. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They're going to make it look like a murder-suicide by gay lovers. JD has some artifacts to sell their gayness, and the button is mineral water. Yeah. I I don't get <laughs> it. Does the writer and director just really not like, like mineral, mineral water? Back then. Nah. Yep. Oh, fuck off. Absolutely. Because it's fancy water? Because it's fancy water. It used to cast aspersions onto people's sexuality. At dawn, Kurt and Ram show up. Ram asks if he should just whip it out. It always just makes me laugh. The Ram, just, the Ram guy, I swear I've seen so somewhere dumb. else. He's, so he's great. She directs them to stand in two circles she's made in the woods and get naked. I and don't get then, the, like, no questions about the circles? Well, because they're going to get naked and then on the count of three, they're going to charge her and get... Yeah. Also, her. wild line. What about your clothes? Uh, I was going to have you have ripped them off me. Yeah. He's like, oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to go on the count of three, but on three, JD pops out of the woods and shoots Ram in the neck. <laughs> this is like true, like 80s level of like, I'm popping out with a gun. <laughs> well, they do this actually kind of like fun shot where they pan the, on each count. They, they pan between a different person and on yeah. three, they reveal JD. The shot's actually great. Shot's fantastic. It, highly comical though is what I'm saying. Yeah, not oh, bad. Played, yeah, played, played for laughs. Yeah. and then um, Veronica is laughing and yeah. misses Kurt, so he just runs off because he's just seen Ram get shot. Yeah, JD chases him, 
And Veronicus kind of starts to go, well, something's kind of not right here. This chase just goes on for fucking ever. The chase just goes on and on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, I kind of love it, though. It's almost like a, a Bugs Bunny chase. A little bit. It's got yeah. a very cartoon vibe. But again... There is something done and there's a justification because he doesn't want to fire the gun too many times, obviously, because people might hear as we see later. Kurt and JD end up running in a circle. JD tells Veronica to fire and he does, killing Kurt. She should be able to tell that he's dead because his eyes are open. If he was knocked out, he wouldn't look dead the way he looks dead. Yeah. 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 She doesn't clue in nearly as quickly as she should. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, she's dumber than her character would normally be in this scene and the preceding scene. Yeah. Especially based on the fact that she's supposed to be a genius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's love blind for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's drunk on Christian Slater. Yeah, I mean, aren't we all? But she does end up shooting the other guy. It's not not um yeah she not does JD end, that she does, does it. actually end up killing somebody. Too. Yeah, she kills Kurt, and then some cops who are getting stoned in their patrol car. Yeah, <laughs> all of the cops just smoke them. Which, like, if you're a small town cop, fucking go for it. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, go for it anyway. Yeah, they go to investigate NJD and Veronica Motor. One cop hears them and chases after them. They end up pretending they're getting it on in their car, and the cop loses interest after having a good look. So smart. When I saw the car, I was like, they're not going to run into a car and drive away and then be like caught because the cops have no, been chasing them the whole time. No, just like getting it on in a car. Smart, yeah. smart, smart, smart. The other cop has all the answers. Mineral water. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, it came back. It yep. came back. Yeah, we get another F word slur. Mm. Too many. Mm. Yeah. Considering they have a gay porn magazine there as well. It's the mineral water. But it's the mineral water that sells it. It's not the Joan Crawford uh, postcard. Yeah. Or the mascara. Or the mascara. Or the the male uh, porn magazine. It's the mineral water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a funny beat. It's awesome. It's a funny beat. It's great. Again, all of it is super homophobic. There's a justification for it in world. Yeah, but again, it's depiction, not endorsement. It's the yes. movie's never on the side of anybody who is homophobic. Hundred yeah. percent. The movie is positing them as being the bad people, the idiots. Idiots. Right? Yeah. yeah. And what I will say though about the hard use of the f word slur is, I think in this movie it graded me a little bit less than some of the other movies that we've watched because of the because context of comedy which, because of the context in which the way it's hundred percent what I just talked about like yeah. it's being used in it's a, being used by people that are not good people it's being used yeah. by it's being used by people that we're saying hey these people are not and and yeah. it and it's for the scene you don't get in the rest of the movie you don't get too many other harder f words yeah. slurs it's also not really played. For a laugh. Yes. Right. It's played to show who the character is as well. We've like we've about, seen some movies where it's used casually yeah. and it's great at us. One of the movies that we've talked about that it's in that we have not watched yet is in Bill and Ted. And in Bill and Ted, it's used as a gag. It's used as yeah. a joke. And this movie is not, do, is not doing yeah. that. Yeah. Very true. In the school car park, JD and Veronica are sleeping and then kind of wake up as kids start to arrive at the school. Why did they go to the school in their car and fall asleep? Why didn't they just go home? Yeah. <laughs> so that we could do the scene? Yeah. yeah this scene. Yeah. I love this, like they could have just like been scene. in the car. They didn't have to wake up in the car. I love this scene. I'm not saying this it's a scene. bad scene. I was just curious whether there was supposed to be a plot reason. There is something that happens in this scene, Kane, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. I love it. Do you, what are it's, you talking about? It's a setup and there is a payback later and it has thematic resonance. Yeah, that's so true. And it has a thematic resonance. Yep, yep. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. 
damn it. I know. Stop turning me on shit. Always. Yeah. So let's get into it. So basically Veronica uses a car lighter. That's a lighter in a car that lights a cigarette for the kids. Yep. Because it doesn't just charge an iPhone. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, (laughs) Which is what they use for now. Yeah. She uses the car lighter on her hand and then JD lights a smoke. (laughs) He hits it out of her hand as if he's concerned and then lights a smoke off it. It's so fucking dumb. Great. It's fucking great. And it's all in camera. How? What do you mean? What do you well, mean it's all in camera? What he wouldn't be in camera? Oh, shit. <laughs> How? Dickhead. That just broke my brain. How does he that lights happen? the cigarette off her burn. So she actually burnt her hand? You can't light a cigarette off a burn. No, you cannot. <laughs> you just had me doubting myself for a second <laughs> So there's obviously a little device hidden in her hand. Yeah. She has a wire running down her arm that leads to a filament that is in her hand. Awesome. So basically the same thing that's in a car lighter. She has yeah. one of those in her hand. Yeah. She has to be really careful so she doesn't burn herself. Yeah. She's got a little bit of protection. And there's a there's a basically a filament in her hand. Have you ever burnt yourself in those lighters? Yes. That fucking sucks, so right? She, so when he leans in and grabs and grabs her hand and lights the cigarette, he's lighting it off a filament that is in her in her hand. That's awesome. That is cool. That did not even click with me. Yeah. Oh fuck I'm an idiot. It's so cool. And then thematically, yes, it comes back at it comes back at the end. It does. He uses her pain mm. to light a cigarette. And at the end of the movie, yep. she does the reverse. I fucking love that. I fucking love that. We'll talk about it when it's there. Yeah. JD tells her she believed him because she couldn't face her real feelings. And then we get one of the greatest did not did two arguments that's ever happened in cinema. <laughs> I love them. Just la, 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 la. Yeah, I love that. What argument. song does she sing again? She's uh, just saying la, la, la. And they cut to the two remaining Heathers outside the car watching them argue, young love. This other teenager runs up and delivers the line, Kira's going to have to cut this in here. Did you hear? School's canceled today because Kurt and Ram killed themselves in a repressed homosexual suicide pact. No way. Yes. <laughs> of course. She pops into frame like a fucking cartoon. Yeah. It's, I, so it's fucking gold. It's fucking gold. Oh, which character is that again? Is that the, the It's not anybody. That's the only line that girl has in this movie. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. I thought it was Yacht Club Girl. No. Oh. It's just a rando. Fucking great. That's fantastic. Yeah. The lines the best is the way she pops into frame. She literally leans into frame and then the way that she delivers that line is just superb. That whole sequence is great. They're yelling at each other and arguing so hard in that car to which you can audibly hear her say, I didn't mean to kill them mm. or something along those lines. Yeah. And then the cup, the two Heathers look at them and go, ah, oh, young, young love, yeah. which is toxic <laughs> as fuck. And then boom, cartoon character yeah. with the golden line. At Kurt and Ram's funeral. And yeah, they're wearing their football helmets. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. For gr- starters, it's a it's both of them together because they were yeah. lovers. They both have open open caskets and they're both wearing their football helmets. Yeah. Also, I, I didn't bump on that helmet thing at all, but that is <laughs> such a fucking piece of comic genius yeah. that I'm only just getting now. And Kurt's dad is giving a heartfelt speech. I love my dead gay son. <laughs> oh, he's it so fucking good. Kills me. I love my son. And he was a homosexual. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And then there's JD's line. How do you think he'd react if his son had a limp wrist and a pulse? Oh. <laughs> Which is like just beautiful. It is so, that's, I didn't get that line when I watched it. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. And then Veronica laughs and 
Kurt's little sister, I'm assuming it's Kurt, Kurt or Ram's little sister turns around crying and this is where the movie starts to turn real serious. Question, it's kind of like motives, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Dear Diary, my teenage angst bullshit has a body count. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck. I feel like you've written that into a D&D game. Um, maybe. <laughs> uh, Veronica's writing in her diary and very much questioning her life choices. Yeah, also, don't say. I made to bring this up earlier. How fucking large does she write in her diary? I have oh, a problem huge. with it's that massive. space waste. <laughs> massive. <laughs> uh, we get another staff meeting. Fleming is telling the other teachers, I told you so. And yeah, the, and then the principal is on board. He's seen some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Sexually perverted photography exhibits involving tennis rackets. Oh, oh <laughs> fuck. I've just sped through so many fucking gold, so so much gold in this dialogue. But this this suicide thing is more Fleming's it's more Fleming's vibe, so she yeah. can have her love in. And let her off the chain he does. Yeah. Which they do. They she has this love in, in the cafeteria with yeah. everybody, which news crews are there to film. And Heather Duke sees it as her time to shine. Mm. So it kind of gets in front of the camera straight away. And JD has a little, Veronica's there as well, but JD has a little moment with Martha Dunstock that sets up something that happens in a, in a few mm. minutes. I, I, I love this hippie teacher. And I love how they show that, like, there are people who fucking get off on this kind on, of thing. It's, it's tragedy porn. Yeah. But also there's people who love tragedy because it's their time to shine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like the it's like the the editor of the school paper. It's like f- one finally happened. Yeah, thing. true. Yeah. Like I, it's my time to, to do my thing. Yeah. Veronica is angry. That thing at school was chaos, fucking chaos. JD loves chaos. Chaos is what killed the dinosaurs. They have to scare people into not being assholes. Chaos is what killed the dinosaurs. Yep. <laughs> but Veronica, that is the worst line in the whole movie. Ah, I love it. <laughs> uh, but Veronica is done, kind of done with his bullshit. Big Bud Dean comes in with the plot at the end of the movie for us. <laughs> it's interesting because Christian Slater at this point is the bad guy. Mm. But even though he had a heel turn, I still loved him in every scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Because it's Christian Slater. Here's the thing is that is one of the problems with the movie. There are very few problems with this movie. One of the problems when they is break that, up, I was like, "Fuck you, Christian Slater." Yeah, that's fair. But one of the problems is is that Christian Slater is so likable. Yeah, that because he's Christian Slater. Yeah, yeah. The problem is is that is that he's so alluring. It's the Tyler Durden problem. Yeah, it's Tyler Durden is so sexy that people want to be him, and he is right. <laughs> And JD is so JD is so cool that you kind of want to be him. Yeah, and the idea is that the idea is to make you question what you think cool is and turn and go, oh, wait, that guy's a fucking psycho. That's the logical end of this weirdo loner, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that Christian Slater's so cool that you're kind of like... has a point. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't necessarily think I agreed with anything that he was doing. You just like Christian Slater. But it's Christian Slater. Yeah. But this is this is what happened with Fight Club. It's like... Yeah. It's because... The wrong message. People take the, the wrong message. Yeah. People take the wrong message yeah. out of it because they... Are with the charismatic great character yeah. and the same thing with fucking Starship Troopers which I love I mean yeah. it's even true of fucking Monopoly yeah we it, are, Kira and I had this Kira and I had this conversation the other day what do you mean uh, just about how about people identifying with things that are clearly satire yeah and then th- thinking that things that are satire are problematic because they show things that are problematic and yeah like, well that's because they're making fun of it that, that's what there's a thing that happened is. on Twitter about a week ago. There's a film Twitter argument that happened no, where happened? somebody wrote an article about how 
Robocop is pro-cop. It's copaganda <laughs> and you shouldn't like that movie. Yeah. And I was like, he's a fucking robot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a movie. What, what are that's you a, thinking? <laughs> Fuck. That's a that's copaganda. Fuck. You can't like Robocop because it's pro cop. I'm like, it's anti capitalism. <laughs> At the end of the movie, Robocop literally becomes Jesus and walks on water. What yeah. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that movie is pro cop. That movie's pro robot. <laughs> it's like saying like Judge Dredd is a good depiction of the justice system. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's making fun of that thing. Don't yeah. you understand? Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Very fucking silly. I don't think I was necessarily ever on Christian Slater's side You're not or on, wanting no. to be Christian Slater what, or anything like that. Different? I think I just wanted but the thing is, watch him do weird things. Yeah, but the thing well, is, no, he so has you're, so a you're, point. You're pro Christian Slater. You're anti JD. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, I mean, I was sad at the end. I guess maybe you do have a thing for Christian Slater, <laughs> for <laughs> weirdo loners. Mm-hmm. I do, especially handsome ones. <laughs> Stop blushing. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you have a. I I love you, sweetie. You have a type. I mean. Who doesn't have that type? Spike? Yeah. JD? Me? <laughs> <laughs> um, on that, where is where does this sit time-wise with Breakfast Club? Oh, it's after. After? Oh, yeah. Um, what's his name in, in Judge Judd Reinhold? Uh, not Judge Reinhold. Judd Nelson? Yeah, Judd, Judd Nelson. Nelson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is a- Get out of my head. No, no, no. You don't no, even no. finish my sentence. We have conversations without yeah. speaking. No, this movie is the anti uh, the anti Thank you. Movie. I'm so happy that it this is movie because is that's the way I read that scene at the end as well. And I was just like- This oh. movie is a fuck you to, to John Hughes movies. Yeah, okay. Daniel Waters likes John Hughes movies, but he's also- There is a- It's the anti. It's the it's anti, the anti. John, yeah. Hughes, John Hughes movies. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking hate Breakfast Club. Really? Yeah. I love it as a watch. The message is pretty fucking- That's my issue with it, is, yeah. that, is that it posits a world in which the jock douchebag asshole is the same person as the loner, as the loner widow and they are all in it together. And mm. it's like, that is not a true high school experience. That is not. Definitely that not. That's not true. Um, like, yeah, everybody has their own drama. Everybody has their own bullshit. Their own everybody is a real, Everybody is a real person. Everybody has real yes. static. But also some people are just fucking assholes. Yeah. And also- And what some the people fuck can do? be both. Yes. And some also, people can have hard lives and also do terrible things. Yes. And also what the fuck that movie does to Ali Sheedy is just ridiculous. Which one is She's that? the loner weirdo girl, pale weirdo Thank girl. Thank you. And there is a scene where Molly Ringwald, you know, brushes her hair out of her eyes and puts lipstick on her and suddenly she's fucking hot and beautiful and yep. accepted by the jock who never saw her that way before. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck that movie. Yeah. Ali Sheedy was perfect to the way she was. Uh, yeah. 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 Mad sidetrack city. But to get back to what you were saying, I think the thing is as well with all of these things that we reference is there is a kind of point somewhere. But obviously the message and the point is skewed by these characters that we're not meant to agree with. Yeah, I think it's possible that the that the message could be lost for some people. I don't think that the message was lost. I think I just like Christian Slater. So JD tells us about his mum's death. She killed herself in a controlled demolition. As that, I mean, if you hate your husband, that's a fucking good way to go. Yeah, it's like the most insane fuck you yep. of all time. <laughs> Teenage Suicide Don't Do It is playing on the radio and then JD shoots the radio. <laughs> She tells him that they're breaking up and he gets physical with her, kisses her against the will, 
and she says she can't believe she ever thought he was cool, positing that that this is the way that the movie feels about JD. Yeah. So JD talks to Heather Duke. He has photos of her and Martha Dunstock together as kids. So dumb. Destroy Heather. He wants her to be a strong leader. He wants her to be the new Heather number one. And all he wants in return is for her to do him a favor one day. And then he gives her the red scrunchie of power. <laughs> yes. One day I will ask of you a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica breaks into Heather Chandler's locker. Maybe misses her friend. See, there's like Polaroids and stuff and like the, the photo booth photos. It seems like there was a friendship there. Maybe. I think they probably had some good times, but yeah. I think that she hated her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I've had friends that I hate. We have <laughs> Not friends you we guys. We, we have friends we hate. <laughs> Stop looking at me that way. <laughs> we do a podcast with them. <laughs> do you do another podcast? Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> the one that you're not invited to. Uh, <laughs> that secret one that you guys tell me that I can't listen to. Yes. And <laughs> Heather Duke shows up and she's gone full Heather. She's in red. And she- Ethan, her hair is red. Oh, I didn't even notice. She does not look as good. You don't think? Nah. She she has a style, man. Veronica invites Betty over to play croquet. And Veronica try to kind of tries to reconnect with her old friend. But of course the Heathers show up and ruin everything. And Betty leaves quite quickly. Yeah, I the read on this scene was a little bit weird for me because like when they were talking about the ball stuff and it's like, you're not gonna you're not gonna knock me out? Which yeah. is obviously must be the preferred move in croquet or something like well, that. Well, it's the main thing to do. Yeah, it's it's the it's the cutthroat thing to yeah. do, I think, or or the yeah the cutthroat fine whatever. And she goes, "Oh, I'm not going to. That's not how I play the game." Now she's changed and she's going to take the two shots so she doesn't have to destroy her friend. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, "Oh, but that's the game. You should do it. Don't don't treat me soft." I, I don't fully it get it. It plays into the end of the movie. Yeah, but there's a few different ways that it could go. You know what I mean? Like, because she ends up doing it mm. and taking her friend out. Does that mean, like, how come we don't see Betty again? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it is a dropped thread. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, does she, is that kind of symbolic of going, okay, no, she's going to be a little bit more cutthroat, also, which means she can't reconnect here? Like, what was that? Betty is just as poisoned as everybody else. Because Betty is like, Betty is like drinking the Kool Aid. Dr- nice guys don't finish. Yeah, nice guys finish last. Yep, and yep. You yep. should knock me out because that's how the game's played. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. If they were gonna have her, if they were gonna pick up that thread, I would have wanted to see her at the end with um mm. with Martha and yeah. and her at the end. Why didn't off they do that? The, well, they, we'll, we'll talk about the end of the movie when we get to the end of the movie. Okay. The end yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Has some story. Has there's some story about the about the end of this. Interesting. Movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh in the gym, Martha Dunstock is sitting drinking a soda of some description. Fuck. And we hear crowd noises. I feel this fucking vibe. But she's actually not with a crowd. She's just sitting alone in the bleachers and she spills a drink on herself. At home The shirt. I don't get the shirt. Big fun. It's the name of the band. Yeah. But it comes back later. Yeah, it's the name of the band. Teenage Suicide Don't Do It. Oh, They're called Big Fun. Oh, fuck. 
That Other makes sense. Other people have Thank been you. wearing the shirt throughout the movie as well. Right. Yep. I, I, yeah, like I was saying, I just want to say, like, I feel this chick as the fucking one who's been the fat friend sometimes. I fucking feel this vibe rough. At home, Veronica clashes with her parents. They're watching the news story about that kind of love-in <laughs> flaming on the TV. Before a teenager decides to kill themselves, there are certain facts they need to know. This is a decision that affects all of us. This is a great threat. And they only have one chance to get it right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And the comment that comes in later, so good. Yeah. So good. Katsu Martha Dunstock walking into traffic with a note pinned to her chest. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fuck, yeah, that's it's heavy. fucking rough. Uh, yeah. yeah, Veronica shuts off the TV and argues with her parents. Heather Duke shows up and tells Veronica about Martha and that she didn't die. Mm. Just another geek trying to imitate the popular kids and, and failing. Oh, I've definitely known people who have said shit like that. Yeah. It's fucking yeah, rough. It's, it's, it's awful. Veronica, does Veronica hit her? This, yes, yeah, yeah. she does. Yeah, but she before her. before um, Heather Didn't walks in is when the parents drop their robot act and actually interact, which I found really interesting and completely out of place mm, with the no that comes later i'm sorry i'll Let's trust go. the format in her room veronica and heather duke kind of make up and then they're listening to hot probs a call-in line oh yeah yeah and heather mcnamara commits social suicide by unloading her feelings on the radio <laughs> Interesting read of that. That's exactly what she does. And yeah. she says we know that you that she knows that we listen to this. Yeah. That's she commits social fascinating suicide. read of that. Oh, that's so good. Yep. Oh, I she's, love it. She's nom, gone nom, from nom, the nom, movie nom. at this point. Uh yeah. Yeah, she fully does. Hmm. Um it's fucking I love the radio presenter. He's a real we, guy. How good was the intro line? He used to do Love Line in LA on K Rock. Hectic. Ah. So that's why they got that's why they got him. I, I love the. I remember his name. The line when it, he's talking to the guy at the first, and he says something like, "Well, this is gone, and so are you," and hangs up on the dude. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking smooth. Dear diary, I cut off Heather Chandler's head, and Heather Duke grew in her place. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, Heather Duke's even doing the note trick. There's a girl sitting next to her that is reading a note from from somebody else, and Heather McNamara. At this point, runs to the bathroom. Well, she okay, so she doesn't entirely disappear. She she is in this scene, yeah, obviously. But yeah. um, she runs out of the classroom to go to the bathroom to kill herself with pills, but she can't open the childproof cap. Which <laughs> <laughs> <Just>, is just, <laughs> it's just, it just, it's so inappropriate, and I laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Hey, childproof caps can be hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true. Yeah. Veronica kind of gets a feeling or a vibe and goes and stops her. Yeah. What are you trying to do? Uh, do? I love when she runs in, pulls her, and like way too many it's pills too many fall pills. out of her mouth. And it's then, so comical. And then Heather McNamara says, what are you trying to do, kill me? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the moment where we see also where I was saying wait, before. Wait, wait, wait. I'll go back. Let me okay, go back. Okay, okay. And then Veronica's reply to that is, what are you trying to do, sleep? <laughs> <laughs> so gold. Pick, pick up what you were saying. I was Sorry. just saying, this is, at the end of this scene is where you get some little genuine insight that, uh, some little insight that there's a little bit of a genuine friendship there. I think of the three Heathers, yeah. she has the best actual friendship yeah. with Heather McNamara. Yeah, she Heather seems- McNamara is the is the softest of the three yeah. of the three Heathers. We actually never see her doing anything that's particularly mean. She just particularly loves. mean. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's just, just there. She's just there. She's just yeah. a Heather. Yeah. 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 Veronica kind of comforts her. And then we go to JD 
burning the blackmail photos. He wants Heather Duke to lead a petition to get Big Fun, the band, to play prom. How good is it that there's a secret hidden line? <laughs> Which we'll get to later. Yes, did you assume that that was going to come? Or no. Or did you think that that's what he wanted? I just thought he was going to do something at prom. Which we never see prom. And no, it's talked about so many we times. To, we don't get to prom. Which is yeah. bizarre. I feel like the end scene was meant to be at prom. Yeah, weird. She gives him her copy of Moby Dick. She doesn't need it anymore. The book was originally meant to be Catcher in the Rye. Why'd they change it? Couldn't get the rights. J.D. Salinger is not going to give you. Uh, Notorious recluse J.D. Salinger is not going to let you use his book. Right. In your teen movie about teen suicide. Okay. Catcher in the Rye. What's that so about, it's about again? Holden Caulfield, who's a young man that's kind of a psychotic that spends a weekend in New York and stuff. I don't know. I've never actually read it. It's one of those like quintessentially American yeah. books, like Gatsby or whatever. Yeah, that you know everything that happened, but like you kind of know what Ameri- yeah. all every American teenager reads it. For reads school. it for school. Yeah, yeah. me with but like fifty percent of the movies we talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get a fucking gorgeous shot of. Heather Duke sitting oh. on the window bench in the school where the lens is so yeah. wide. Trying so hard to the look smoke. respectfully and not in any way attracted, but it is beautiful. <laughs> You're working so hard not to be attracted to teenagers this episode. It's, dude, it's... Here's the thing is is that... It's is not that, okay, though. It's not. not. Well, but... You say it's okay because in the movie world they're of a certain, like thing but i'm just trying to like make sure i'm covering my free self smirking at me kira i'm just making sure i'm being uh, right respectful yes yeah i understand the lens is so wide that it's literally just distorted at the edge of frame like it's such a ridiculously wide lens it's awesome yeah it's beautiful lots of smoke half expected fucking bambi to cross through the field in the background (laughs) and it's intercut with her getting the whole school to sign the petition I fully thought that they were going to pull out and she was just sitting in class, like just doing her thing, not paying attention to what was going on in class. Because like in our schools, we don't have big fucking bay windows like that in the the halls. Weirdly enough, this movie was shot at like three different high schools. That's three different schools to make that school. Huh. Yeah. They didn't have all the pieces they needed in one one place. Of course. Fair enough. Veronica tries to talk to Heather Duke. Heather has changed the petition to suit her audience. To some people, it was to get a hot tub in the cafeteria. Because that's believable. <laughs> for others, it was to get uh, the band to come play. And we find out it was JD's idea. Jealous much? Do you think JD and Heather are hooking up? Do you think? I don't know. But this was the, I, I mean, again, I've seen this movie how many, I don't even know how many fucking times. It was the first time my brain went, is he? Nah, did no. not read like that at all for me. As I mean, a fresh the, watch. The, the, the way, it's the, the way that Heather says the, the says the line. line. Yeah, why would she be? Because I mean, she's because being catty. Like that's yeah. the way I read that. Yeah, Veronica tries to slap her, and then we get Veronica. Why are you trying to pull my dick? <laughs> just, love it. That so was my favorite line of the whole movie. Really? Yeah, yeah love it. It's just so blunt. I think Heather was probably trying to make Veronica think that. Yes. But not that that was actually what was happening because I, I don't think that JD would be interested in Heather. Yeah. But he would be to manipulate her to get her to do what he wants. Yes. Yeah, but he doesn't need to because he's already no, got he her to, to do what he wants. You're Honestly, right. It's more just- it's I didn't feel like a sexual component in any part of that. And I think that you're both right. It's one of those things where it's just the first time it. I've ever had that thought. Yeah. And so I said that thought out loud. For the podcast for discussion. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think that, I, don't, I think you're right. I don't think that yeah, there is. Yeah, I think but she, my she's brain just, just went, yeah. wait a second. Yeah. yeah. I think 
had it gone on any longer, perhaps mm. in in movie world that possibly could have happened because you see when she refers to him as coach later, there is something building on her end. Mm. Yeah. JD appears in the in the hallway and asks her out for a movie or maybe miniature golf. But she's more interested in the idea of slitting Heather Duke's wrists and making it look like a suicide. Mm. He knew it. He's already started underlining meaningful passages in Moby Dick. <laughs> Eskimo. Veronica thinks about it for a second and then thinks better of it and then again tells him that it's over. At home, her parents are waiting for her. JD stopped by to warn them that Veronica might kill herself. Yeah, uh, also how do you just from- do that and then leave? Wouldn't you hang <laughs> yeah, around? Yeah. <laughs> keep her away from this, from that, blah, blah. And he left a note and the note says recognize the handwriting because it's in Veronica's handwriting. Yeah. Meaning he can get to her too. Yeah. Which is fucking dark. Mm. Yeah. It's really fucking dark. But like we learned later that was his intention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's left a Barbie in a noose in her room. Yeah, with the band T-shirt on it, which is what I was referring to. Yeah. Yeah. And she crawls up into a fetal position and goes to sleep. Outside we see him watching the house and smoking. And then later... He crawls in through the bedroom window and is reading parts of Moby Dick, just being a complete freak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wants her to underline something in the book. And she says, you're not a rebel. You're a fucking psychotic. You say tomato, <laughs> I say tomato. <laughs> yeah. Eskimo. Eskimo. One word. So mysterious. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, he underlines it. At Heather Duke's house. JD has a knife and they argue about how clean the knife would be, need to be for Heather to use it. That's great. Fuck, yeah, that's good. This is the same kitchen. Same kitchen I thought it was. Yeah, from Heather Chandler. They just redressed it. Yeah. So they took out the, the – there was red and white and they've just lit it so that it's all blue. Oh, that changed, makes so much more sense. The, changed all the yeah. – Yeah. I thought it was her kitchen and I, maybe they no, made the drink was, for Heather was, one before going to Heather's place. No, they're yeah. literally... Yeah. Seeing we that know kitchen, that they went yeah. to her house. Seeing that kitchen made me kind of rewrite logic a little bit. In, <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica argues that if they kill Heather Duke, someone else will just take her place. Mm. Maybe even Veronica. She won't do the handwriting. And JD's like, who gives a fuck? And he just scribbles, life sucks on a, on a piece yeah. of paper with her hand. And then... She sees herself in the knife. Yeah, yeah which is a great, which is so a great shot as well. Yeah. yeah. Remind me of Psycho because it's like the uh, uh, American Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the poster of American yeah. Psycho. Yeah. Uh, JD goes into Heather's room and closes the door and Veronica bangs on it trying to open it. And we get a dolly zoom in a hallway that doesn't really read because it's in a hallway. It's yeah. actually kind of a doesn't really work. Cut to Heather Duke's funeral. Eskimo. Fuck. This is what I want my funeral to look like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It's the coolest shit out. So they cut to the crowd and everybody is wearing 3D glasses. Yeah. It's a visual nod to a Life magazine cover from the 1950s of a bunch of people sitting in a movie theater wearing 3D glasses. Because it's a dream. Yeah. It didn't, didn't really happen. So Veronica's at the back of the church watching and she chats with the ghost of Heather Chandler who complains that the afterlife is so boring that if I have to sing Kumbaya one more time. (laughs) (laughs) I love the um, Eskimo speech by the priest as well. Yeah. Yeah. Heather tells her that she made her favorite spaghetti with lots of oregano and pushes her face into the holy water bowl that is full of Mm. spaghetti with lots of oregano. And like, I honestly was thinking that it was spaghetti bolognese. No, it's like extra oregano. It's It's spaghetti and oregano. oregano. What the fuck? You know, does mom have to make that for you? (laughs) You know, I was once poor enough that I've eaten spaghetti with oregano and a little bit of oil. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bro, I've been to spaghetti and tomato sauce town. I oh, feel yeah, like yeah. that tastes oh, yeah, way I've better. Been, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> Veronica wakes up and it's kind of unclear where the dream started. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like wh- at what point, obviously like we know from watching the rest of the film that Heather didn't die. Yeah. But- Heather, what? Duke, Heather Duke. Heather Duke I die. assumed as soon as she killed up. Yeah, I think from where she goes to sleep. Yeah. I'm not even sure if the portion with JD and Moby and, Dick is, and, is real. Yeah. I don't know. The movie Because it makes, makes all the sense in the world for that scene to be real because he has the book. Mm. But maybe it is. And then is there any point referenced after? So yeah, yeah, so I think it like the logical way to read it would be, yeah, but when she falls asleep and then yeah. everything after that is a dream. Yeah. But yeah, just because it that, like that part's really believable. And also, did so. she dream JD outside of her window? Well, no, that I think that was I think real. that, that part I think that was real too. Real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, I don't know. At her desk, dear diary, this is going to be her last entry because she's going to kill herself. Outside, JD checks a gun, and then climbs up into the room to find her hanging with a bedsheet noose. Did you think she was dead? No. Nah. Never not for it. a second. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. As a first time viewer, I was just curious about whether or not you thought, fuck, the movie is going to do this. And then, no, then what I, would be, because it, you're also, I'm not sure if you knew how close you were to the end. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't, I didn't really think about how close I was to the end. I just think in the tone and, and what had happened in the movie thus far, that wouldn't be the way it, it wouldn't would. have. Yeah. That yeah, wouldn't have played. That's, that's fair enough. I, I did for a beat go, oh, is he going to go on rage murder and just kill everyone because he's pushed it too far? Mm. But I quickly was like, no, that's not going to happen. JD rants at her. He can't believe that she did it. He was coming up there to kill her, but he was going to try to win her back first <laughs> with his petition. Who talks out loud like this? Hey, in uh, real life. Yeah. Villains in movies so that we know what's happening. So we know <laughs> what their plan was. Uh, yeah, the petition. So considerate. The petition is a mass suicide note, note signed by the entire school. This which is to the this day, giving away I think his plan. Is one of the fucking greatest things ever in a movie. It's, it's so, so dumb. How he rips off a piece of paper yeah. and it's like covering the, it's covering oh, the actual. It's so funny. But it's, but the idea of like the entire school having signed a suicide note is just fucking nuts. That's, that's pretty true. I, I knew it was building to that point, but I thought it was going to be like at prom. He like gasses everyone. I should have known explosives. Yeah. So he's going to blow up the school. It's an idea so big. It's going to infect a nation. And that the idea is that then schools will start committing suicide <laughs> everywhere. Does he think that, or does he think that he's just going to wake up the people? No, that's a what he bit. thinks. He's trying to take his idea and poison the entire country, the entire country with it. He's just going to do something so big that it affects the uh, whole the whole nation. What are we thinking his motivations are? Because my my. I thought he he was thinking he just wants to burn the world down. Yeah, you reckon he just wants chaos. Yeah, he wants chaos. He wants, he thinks some that- Some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. That's, that's, that's basically the character. Yeah. Kind yeah. of, yeah. He, um, he thinks that, he thinks that he knows better than everybody else and that yeah, society is, society is bullshit. Yeah. And if he existed today, he would be an incel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spent a lot of time on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> um, on lots of forums. I, I thought maybe Veronica or his character, their motivations were like, oh, we're going to make a change by doing this. I think that he is over it. 
like he's been to so many schools, they're all exactly the same. Everybody's he's just seen the as, same thing at every school. Is that there's all there's, there's all there's always the popular kids who are evil to the, to the other kids. There's like, always a Heather, and and it ne- and it and never thinks- and it never ends. And no matter what he does at all of these other schools, nothing ever changes. Oh, so, so he thinks he can't change he, it. There's there is no changing it. So that's he right. Because he's the world burn. That's right. So the only that's what way killed to, the dinosaurs. Yeah. I get the only it. way to do it is to dismantle the entire system. Right. Right, right, right. He leaves because Heather's mother has been calling her for dinner and comes into the room to find her hanging. She takes so long to let her mother know that she's alive. And then she just unties herself from the... Fucking gold. From the harness she has made out of a sheet to fake her own Like, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. And also a real thing. it's, It's fantastic, but... Very cruel of her not to wake yeah. up the second her mother makes noise in the yeah. room. She's also trying not to breathe, so I don't know, like, present she is in that. In yeah, the, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, logically that makes sense. Because she just got, she gasped because she's been holding her breath the entire time that JD was in the room. Yeah. And then after a quick shot of JD making bombs... We get to the grand finale. I love how it's just like sticks of TNT that he's just like wrapping up. Yeah. And I love that he's the son of a construction dude, so he just knows how to make bombs. Yep. yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Veronica arrives at the school as kids are called kind of going off the class and Fleming is surprised to see her. JD told uh, her she killed herself last night. They have to have a talk. Whether to kill yourself or not is one of the most important decisions a teenager can make. Get a job. Yeah. Oh my god, she's just terrible. She just took the wrong lesson. It's yeah, great. but she she's uh, she's a great character because she's just living in her in her vibe. She's gotten let off the chain, and this is where she lives. So she's going to prolong it for and as long as possible. She's supportive of the teens and the yeah. Veronica spots JD coming into the school and hides in the girls' bathroom. JD disappears. And she can't find him, so she's kind of searching around the school for him. JD is planting thermals in the gym, and then he heads to the boiler room. Everyone kind of pours out into the hallways because there is a pep rally in the gym. And also the creepiest man you'll ever meet oh, yeah, in the hall. Yeah, so JD, uh, sorry, Veronica asks a boy what's underneath the gym, and his response is, the boiler room. With the creepiest so, fucking yeah, so creepy. Do not know why he delivers the line yeah. like that. <laughs> I was like, does he think that she's coming on to him or yeah. is that like a known place for people to like go? And if so, why wouldn't Veronica know about it? It was just so awkward. I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's pretty funny. It's funny. They, they laugh about it on the commentary. They laugh about, they? His, about his line reading. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that it's just funny. I think it's just. Did he, the actor, make that choice? I think. I, I don't know. They don't talk about that. But uh, I think that it's done for humor. Yeah, like it's yeah, 100%. For, yeah. It is funny. It yeah. is funny. But yeah, like this is the actual, what, what is happening in world is so weird. Yeah. Veronica goes down to the boiler room and finds JD and confronts him with the gun that he left at her house. I knew that loose was too noose, is what he says. It's good fun. It's good fun. It is. She tries to order him around, but he just slaps the gun away and then knees her in the head, um, yeah, sending her brutal. dizzy, and then goes into the boiler room to prep his bombs. As she comes to, JD turns on the world's most inaccurate bomb timer. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. It's set for, like, what, two minutes? And there's, like, ten minutes left yeah. in this movie. <laughs> she sneaks up to him, hits him in the head with a fire extinguisher, and upstairs the pep rally is going into kind of full swing. This is the part where he kind of pins her down and tries to kiss her again against his will. Mm, while they're spelling 
Westberg or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so many letters. Uh, so good. She needs him in his little rebel without a cause and grabs the gun. This is the part that like starts to feel like diehard. No bite on little rebel without a cause. I, I I bit. I was waiting for his reaction. What happened? I missed something. What happened? I met, I made a joke about Christian Slater's penis. Oh, I'm sorry. She she <laughs> needs him in his little rebel without a cause. Oh. Sorry, it was too quick. You're too quick for me, Ken. I'm too quick like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to just go past the, the, the stoner lighting the cigarette next to... Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't write a note for it, but yeah, she she lights a match off the, the post that there is a bomb on. Yeah. He hides for a little while, but she finds him and he has a switchblade. She wants to know how to turn off the bombs. Of course he has a switchblade. He says, fuck you, and gives her the finger, Yeah, which she shoots off. That's fantastic. Yeah, such an obviously fake hand. Hey, did you notice? Yeah, but who cares? Yeah, it's so same. good. The finger just pops off. It's, it's fucking frank. great. It's all over. JD wants a, a clean slate. The only place different society types can generally get along with each other must be in heaven. <laughs> which, like, which is also a dig at the Breakfast Club. Yeah. Yeah, and I also, it, it was a weird line for me because I don't think he would say that line. It makes more sense later and I will tell you why. Okay. He tells her to try the red button. Yeah. <laughs> three red buttons. Gold. Loved it. That's great. 30 seconds left. Is the timer for that bomb using a long second watch? <laughs> I believe so. Yes. Yeah. He rants about school being society, which is yeah. the point of the movie. We all live in a society. Yeah, you do. I don't. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> tells her to press the middle button to turn it off if she really wants to. You know what I want, babe? She says, and then he goes to attack her and she shoots him. He stabs his switchblade into the top of the bomb and it stops as he collapses. <laughs> and her, she finishes her line, cool guys like you out of my life. That is a nice line. Yep. Nice one-liner. Yep. But also that bomb being disarmed by a knife being stabbed into the top of it is fucking ri- ridiculous. That's the thing that you think is ridiculous in this movie that is made of ridiculous. The only thing... It, that is ridiculous oh, in this movie cares. is that. Okay. <laughs> Outside as the prep rally goes on successfully, the society continues. <laughs> Veronica walks down the stairs and JD exits right behind her. He has a bomb strapped to his chest. Yep. And he tells her that she has power, power he didn't think that she had. He turns on the timer for the bomb. The slate's clean. And the he asks Christian her slate. one last lunchtime poll. Pretend he did blow up the school. Now you're dead. What are you going to do with your life? (laughs) And she pulls out a smoke (laughs) and holds it up to him. He spreads his arms wide, ready to die. (laughs) And then the timer stops. (laughs) Great comedic And he has to hit hit it to get it to start again. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, genius. And then we crane up and cut inside to hear the blast. And then the best fucking shot of the film. Yeah. Holy shit. The smoke clears as Veronica takes a drag of her now lit cigarette, Mm -hmm. lit off his pain, Mm -hmm. of his death. Mm -hmm. And she's like leg back, like leaning on the pole, the smoke billowing off the stairs. And she's just all smoldering and black, all all the shit all over her. Fucking gorgeous. So good. Fucking gorgeous. She heads back inside. Heather Duke tells her that she looks like hell. She says, yeah, I just got back. Uh-huh. And takes the red scrunchie of power yeah. out of her hair and puts it in her own hair, 
because there's a new sheriff, new sheriff in, in town. town. She's going to use her power to rule the school, but in a hopefully good way. Benevolent way. In a good way. And then she asked Martha if she'd like to uh, rent some new releases and pop some popcorn on the night of prom because her date flaked out. <laughs> Invite Martha to the prom. <laughs> yeah. And then we roll credits on Heather's. Yeah. I like Heather's. the little circle that Martha does around Yeah, she does so around cute. Yeah, it's kind of cute. So Answers. the original ending yes. of this movie, because this movie went through a couple of different endings. Surely oh. at one point they were going to actually blow up the school, right? That was the original ending. Yeah. So the original ending was that Veronica kills JD and then blows herself up, implying that the school was blown up as well. And we get prom in heaven. Oh, no. No, that's also pretty funny, though. With everybody dead in heaven. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Having prom. Having prom. That, okay. that, is, that is almost in like- In the afterlife, nothing has changed. <laughs> that almost feels like a time before this movie that would have happened. Yeah. So the thing was, though, is that version of the movie never went into production. Yeah. The studio greenlit the movie on the proviso that the movie would not have that ending. Yeah, let's not have active terrorism in our film. Well, it's not even that. It's just that they didn't want a mo- to make a movie where everybody where everybody died at, died at the end. They were like, we're going to, like, you change it. And you can or, make it. And you can make the movie. You don't change it. We don't make this, don't make this yeah. movie. What other ending? Oh, sorry, go on. Daniel Waters came up with another ending. Yeah. That they also did not use because- in the other ending, Veronica, JD blows himself up. Veronica goes back inside to talk to Martha. Martha mm. shoots her in the head and says, fuck you, Heather. <laughs> and the movie ended with Veronica bleeding out on the floor, muttering, my name isn't fucking Heather. <laughs> That's pretty wild. That's kind of cool. Huh? And that was a complete non-starter also with the studio. <laughs> that's wild. That's a that's a pretty strong end. And the producers and the director were like, yeah, no. No, Daniel. We're not doing that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a strong end. Fuck. That's wild. Yeah, it's nuts, huh? Yeah, you would have needed other things throughout the movie, though, if that was going to be the end. Yeah. 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 And, and that's Heather's. Trailers after the movie. So many trailers. So, so many, many trailers. Spaced Invaders. Now comes definitive proof that there is no such thing. Come on, open this baby up. Let's see what you'll do. Hit it, Blasney! Now, five misguided Martians have landed in Big Bean, Illinois. Come on, let's kick some Earthlings' butt. Looks like you hit something. On Halloween night. Prepare to die, Earth scum! <laughs> Maybe later. Have fun, boys. They think they're having Halloween costumes. What a bunch of morons. Perhaps the taste of this desperate. Perhaps I'll just have to remove those little heads of yours. And now they're up to their antennas in... I fucking love this movie. It, you've seen it. I This is... I love this movie. It's got um the, the pu- little... The puppets and the costumes look fun. Yeah. So It's got it's, the girl out of uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, Ariana Richards. Yeah. She's in two of the movies. Yeah. Yeah, that are in the trailers for the, for this. She was too. She's in the other one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tiny aliens arrive on Earth on Halloween and get mistaken for, for kids in costumes. Yeah. Nobody takes them seriously. It's so funny. Gremlins vibe. Uh, yeah, just ki- it's kids on Halloween night saving the saving the world and okay. there's tiny aliens. It's, <laughs> it's on the list. Fuck yeah. Yeah. The Adventures of Milo and Otis. I have oh. heard of this. Milo was 
trouble from the very beginning. The first animal Milo met was Otis. Why, you're a strange-looking cat, Milo said. Oh, I'm not a cat, I'm a dog. Really, deep down inside, we're all cats, right? Uh, no, deep down inside, I'm a dog. Nevertheless, Milo and Otis became best friends. We're going to take a walk. But I have not seen Have this. you not seen this? No. Fuck, man. This is I've the reason pieces. why there's I've seen warnings it, on films no, saying, I, I know it's not the actual reason, but like lots of cats and dogs were harmed in the making of that film. Yes. So it's a Japanese movie about the adventures of a cute it's little a puppy. It's a Japanese movie? Yeah, it's a Japanese movie. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, there's American voices in it. Yeah, it? because things get, oh, things in other countries are sometimes released I'm in English. I'm the smartest boy. Yeah, so <laughs> the entire n- narrative of the movie is a voiceover by Dudley Moore telling you what is happening in the cats and dogs' That's head. right. There's no talking animals in the movie. That's right. It's just animals roaming around. And yes, notoriously, allegedly, many animals were killed during the making of this movie because there's scenes where kittens are put in real danger. Like yeah. a kitten goes over a waterfall. Yeah, that's the famous one that was in the trailer, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah where like so 13, uh, allegedly, apparently. So, well, no, it is allegedly because the RSPCA investigated it and could find no evidence. Huh. That's not to say How it didn't happen. How could ha- you find evidence yes. there? The filmmakers have always denied that that's, what, that that's what happened. And the Japanese version of the RSPCA endorsed the movie and put a label on the end saying that no animals were harmed. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that's all truth. I'm just giving you a, a context. I've rewatched the trailer and I was like, the cats all look the exact same. But also you can tell that like animals be manhandled all over this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. I'm like, not, saying, a, I'm not saying animals were treated well. Yes. I'm just saying that They've, this movie has grown notorious in yeah. legend in a, and it is legend that we don't actually know for sure. I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. But the internet acts like it is for sure because that's what happens on yeah. the internet. The internet is only deals in facts, Ken. Don't you know this? The internet is a death cult and we all need to leave it. <laughs> Prancer. Prancer. Only kids believe in Santa Claus. Why? Everyone knows that reindeer can't fly. I'm like you. But everyone forgot to tell Jessica Riggs. I believe he saw deer in the woods. But I don't believe it was family. It's magical, Carol. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a headlight. It's a reindeer, you turd. I think I should add this to my Christmas watch list. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's another Ariana Richards movie mm. uh, in which a little girl finds a reindeer and is convinced it's Prancer, but nobody believes her. I've seen this movie. Is it Prancer? Well, I like it. You will love this movie. Fantastic. I'm adding it to my Christmas watch list. I always need new good Christmas movies. It- is it Prancer? You have to watch the movie. Spoilers, I haven't seen it, and I'm going to watch it for Christmas. <sighs> yeah, okay, fair. Uh, second sight. This is on the job, and this case is all but solved. Get the car, boys. John Larroquette, an old-fashioned investigator. We're detectives. We'll detect. Bronson Pinchot, a new-age psychic. Your um, blood pressure is way up. And your sperm count is way down. The Second Sight Detective Agency has everything it needs to fight crime. Bobby is a power psychic. A what? A detective and a psychic solve crimes. Oh, this just, yep. Yep, and then Solomay's Last Dance. (laughs) (laughs) And we're just moving right right along. In 1892, Oscar Wilde's Salome was banned by British law. There is only one thing worse than to be talked about, and that is not to be talked about. 
Now, you're invited to enjoy the forbidden. In defiance of the law, and in honor of our greatest playwright, the premiere of Salome will take place here tonight. Let the play commence. Yeah, uh, it's a movie about people putting on a version of Oscar Wilde's band play Salome, and it's mostly just the play and a framing device. It's a it's a fucking acid trip. That's what it is. Yep. And then a congratulations from Roadshow Video on renting a great movie. Yep, we made so, a good choice, guys. We did. Congratulations on choosing to rent another superb video from the leaders in home entertainment, Roadshow Home Video. Do you know that there are also hundreds of different titles that you can buy and own forever? A whole world of interest for everyone to enjoy. Now you can build an impressive library of personal favorites together with Roadshow Home Video. Especially because we watched till the end of the tape. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Be kind, rewind. <laughs> an appropriate age to have watched Heathers. It's a fairly complex movie. Mm-hmm. And the comedy won't hit unless you have a certain understanding. High school. Yeah, I think kind of 15 is sort of about right. Because yeah. uh, by 15, I think that you will understand the cliches of high school. Mm. And, and you're dealing with those social complexities. Yeah. So from that perspective, you'll sort of see what they're satirizing because you will have also watched some teen movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think 15 is probably good, good age. You can pro- probably get away with it younger, though, at the same time it is like it, from if we're basing it on the way we've talked about other movies on this podcast. They shoot people and yeah. they poison people and you don't want confused 13-year-olds thinking that Christian Slater's cool. Yeah, and it's very horny as well. Yeah, but I think... I think no nudity. No, but there's implications. Mm. Yeah. Like I said, I was I was actually an adult. Yeah, so I seen when I saw, saw this movie. I think the best age to watch it because you had the full high school experience and you can behind kind of you. Yeah. behind you. Yeah, yeah. Would you watch this movie again? Yes, of from, course. Yeah, I mean, why even bother? Yeah, I think I think Ellie would love this. Yeah, I'll you watch it with her. Yeah. yeah, rating for Heather's the way that we rate movies is on a five star scale, with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I liked parts of this movie, it was fine. Three being I like this movie, four being I love this movie, and five being this is one of my favourite movies of all time. I think Brody needs to go first so that his rating isn't influenced by mine. Solid four. Solid four. I would have given cool. it a five, but it's just So you I don't, don't know, like it as much as American Ninja, but you nah, but that you was do some love it. fucking great <laughs> shit. American Ninja and Future what, Cop Two about, just fucking slaps for me. Talk about fucking contrast, right? American Ninja last week and then Heather's this yeah. week. <laughs> like we cannot. But also, like, so clearly two sides of my own personality. Yes, it's so true. Yeah. Fucking so like true. Two different extremes of my of, of me as a person in terms of my taste. Um, in the context of this podcast, I am giving it a five. But it wouldn't be outside of this. Well, favourite movies of all time. I have a list of my favourite movies of all wow, time. Wow, I've and never Heathers been able to do that. And Heather's is not on that list. But I would love to see I that I do list. really love Heather's and in the context of this podcast it's going to be one of my favorite movies that we cover on this podcast it is of all time I think this is objectively the best movie we've watched for the podcast yeah I think it's taken, yeah. taken the, that place yeah yeah five yeah we all, that yeah. yeah we all know that. next week the way that we pick movies is that Kira and Brody alternate taking turns from three picks that I have prepared from the store this week it is Brody's pick. If a movie remains unpicked for three times, it's struck out and taken off the list, although I can bring it back at a later date of my choosing. Still on the list 
both with two strikes. This is going to be a heartbreak for me. Are Patrick Swayze in Steel Dawn. Steel Dawn. A, the Dirty Dancer is now a desert warrior. A post-apocalyptic Mad Max riff. Masters of the Universe, starring Dolph Lundgren, the He-Man movie. Masters of the Universe. A battle in the stars now comes to Earth. And? And? What would you like it to be? I, what do you want? What, do, what kind of flavor? Do, what kind of flavor? <laughs> this, what genre? These flavors. You want those? Yeah. You don't want me to add something to the list that, that, you know, a different flavor of things? I think if you look at my two fives that I've given... It's clear what what really <laughs> resonates with me. New on the list, Warlock. Oh my god! Starring Richard E. Grant and Julian Sands. Warlock. Satan also has one son. <laughs> He's come from the past to destroy the future. Now I have mentioned Warlock on the podcast. Yeah, before. you have. I can't remember in what context. Is it because of someone that's in it? No, I've mentioned it in the fact that it is a version of a movie. It's Terminator with witches. In her pursuit of his... I remember you talking about this. Yeah, we were excited about the concept of it's, this one. It's Future Cop. actors? I it's swear Future I know Cop with face. witches. <laughs> That's Richard E. Grant. Ah, uh, I know that face. He's in lots of stuff. Yeah. Kira-san, what are you feeling on this? Uh, when Kim brought it up, whatever podcast that was, I'm guessing Future Cop. It was Future Cop, yeah. Yeah. We were very excited about the concept, so I'm, I, I remain so. I've not seen this, right? No. No, I didn't think so, because it does not even remotely look familiar. Does Masters of the Universe take place on Earth? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I just realised, like, Earth buildings in the background, and I look over and there's like, yeah, there's some packing boxes in the background of that shot. Okay. He's holding a... Oh, no, that's a, that's a space gun. <laughs> what did you think he was holding? I thought he was holding like an AK or something, and I was like, huh, he doesn't have an AK. It is a loose <laughs> interpretation of He-Man. Oh, how am I meant to choose? How are you feeling about Warlock, and are you going to pick it next week? If I was to be picking this week? No. Yeah, that's not no, what I asked. I'm glad, <laughs> let me answer your question, Brody. If I was to be choosing this week with these three films, then yeah, I would probably go with Warlock or Masters of the Universe. Um, I no, I would go with Masters of the Universe because Warlock gets another gets yeah. another shot. The thing is, is that you pick either of these movies, I get two new movies next week. Yeah, because Masters of the Universe and Still Dawn are on two strikes. If you pick Warlock, she gets three three new movies next week. Yeah. yeah. So kind of either way, there's going to be it's going to be hard for Warlock to get through because you know Kian, he's yeah. going to put two things that I he's going to put Bill and Ted on the list. Just so, getting the vibe, just getting the vibe. Um, but if it was if he happens to pick movies that I'm not particularly interested in, then yeah, I would pick Warlock because I think that it it looks it like looks a good like time. A good time. The, uh, Masters of the Universe and Warlock both look like a better time to me than Still Dawn. Still don't yeah. look like, to me like a movie that, yeah, Brody will probably like, but it, I don't know whether it's, it's going to be as much fun as other... It's going to be a Swayze show. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Just because I looked at the back and immediately saw a ton of cocaine, I'm going <laughs> to... Not real cocaine, but like <laughs> the motivations. We're going with Master of the Universe. Woohoo. We excited? Yeah. That's I mean, what I wanted you to do. That's what I wanted you to do. Oh, oh, damn it. You did it to me again. That's what I wanted to I said pick. that that's what I would pick. I know, so but I feel like you guys incept me, incept me every time. <laughs> I really try not to. I think more than any movie so far, if it, we had, if it had fallen off the list, 
it would have actually been disappointing for me. Yeah, good. I'm glad I got it. Because I want to talk about Masters. You need to tell us that shit. No, I don't. When it comes up. No, I don't. I like knowing it at least. No, I don't. Because okay. I don't. Because it, the like you guys, it's what you guys get to do. Yeah. You know okay. I mean? You get to pick where, what direction we go, we go in. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's it for this week. Don't like, don't subscribe. At don't listen to us on social media. Don't At do anything. Video. At, At Wiki Wiki video. Video. <laughs> um, Give us, give us a uh, review. Write and review. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. I never thought it would like, when other podcasts have told me to do it, I never thought it would really be appreciated that much. But as a podcaster now, like, I would really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Do it, but. Don't do it. Yeah, I love you. Also, teenage suicide, don't do it. <laughs> that's a downer way let's, to end a podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's not going to be our new sign off? Guys, come on. It's going to be our new sign off. Eskimo. Eskimo. <laughs> Eskimo. Eskimo. And Eskimo. Eskimo. <laughs> I fucking hate you, bro. <laughs> that's our sign off. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Do I look like Mother Teresa?